Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. Was hard, but not anymore. Thanks to Wondersuite from Bluehost. Answer a few questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically create your website or store. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content, and we automatically help you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Salutations, everybody. It is Maddie here today, and welcome to episode 293 of the ham radio podcast and it's me carrick with acg and i'm dustin with last stand media and handsome phantom welcome gentlemen welcome 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 all right we got ourselves a slow week this time around not a lot happened i mean we can't get too greedy last week we had everything from rumors to state of play to new pokemon stuff uh bioware news it was a really fun week last week so this time around we got elden ring leaks that's pretty exciting. Dustin, I'm very, very curious to see our Souls Master dive into that oh. one. Uh, we have a Switch Pro rumor. Not too bad. But then we're also going to be talking about the Sinking City controversy that definitely deserves a lot more attention. There were other things that happened this week, like Marvel Avengers upping their grind, but we're not going to talk about our grindy game getting more grindy. That's uh, that's what Anthem did, and, and we know how that ended up. So uh, we're just keeping it slim and, and simple this time around. Still, I'm sure this episode will end up Finding its way past the two-hour mark, regardless. Uh, but anyway, gentlemen, how have you been? What have you been up to? Let's dive into that first before our typical patron intro BS. Hmm. Go ahead, Dustin. What am I up to? Is this uh, is this separate from what we've been playing? Because I've got a, a take. Yeah, that's go hot. Go our, you know, Normally, I hit everyone with, like, here's our early access stuff. And I'm like, what if yeah. I just let everyone speak first instead of me rambling for five minutes off the rip? So just, mm. yeah, go for mm. it. We'll, we'll, we'll pick that promotional shit up afterwards. Cool. Okay. So, guys, I just today finished Maquette, the free PlayStation oh. Plus oh, okay. game from Annapurna. And I got to say, overall, if I'm putting on my critic hat here, which I don't do very much anymore, I'm saying skip oh not so great um which is weird because i'm pretty sure i'm in the minority on this because i saw like a bunch of like really good reviews for it have you guys seen anything about this oh no wait never mind i'm not in the minority it has a 71 on okay. a open critic someone gave it a really high score at some point but anyway this is a first person puzzle game it kind of has is similar to that game Super Liminal, if you guys remember that from last year, I believe. It's honestly that. it's really hard to describe because it's a first person puzzle game where you're in this space where in the center there's like it's almost like imagine a dollhouse of this environment. And the thing is, you're in that environment on a different scale. Like if you walk away from like this dome area, the little houses and stuff are are big around you and so if you change things in this little dollhouse environment they change in the larger world around you so it's a neat idea but it's unfortunately uh met with a lot of lackluster other elements such as a pretty bland love story that's interweaved throughout and surprisingly, not so great. I don't. I was trying to think of whether it's a bad script or if it's bad voice acting. But someone surprised me because it's actually, uh, is it Bryce Dallas Howard 
who was in um, Jurassic World and some other yeah. big films. She is the one of the two voice actors. You know, so it's her yeah. and another guy. They're the only two voices in the game, and it's not not great. But anyway, it's not very long. But if you like puzzle games, maybe check it out. But here's the thing th- that I wanted to ask you guys about. Or just see what you thought about this is that in a puzzle game, I feel like there needs to be a strong relationship between you and the game in a specific way. And I'll explain by this example. I broke this game four different times to where I had to reload the game because I made it so I was not able to solve the puzzle anymore. And I thought with the first time that happened... I, it suddenly changed the way I played the game because I constantly was like, am I an idiot and can't figure it out or did I break the game again? And that was constantly in my brain the entire time from then on out. It's like the game, the, the, the trust was broken, right? Like, sure, there's probably a million ways that you can break Portal or you could maybe break the witness or some other puzzle game, but it never happened to me. I've never heard of any examples, but I'm sure it's possible. But I was seeing a bunch of people in the last hand discord also talking about breaking this game. So interesting. It was just an interesting concept that entered my mind that I was like, this game lost my trust and therefore it changed the way I played for the rest of the playthrough. Yeah. And that's the tricky thing about puzzles and games, right? Is that, that, careful back and forth that line you've got to walk between oh am i an idiot or is the game fucking up because there have been times the game did not fuck up and i thought it was absolutely broken and i just missed a key point of the puzzle and then you have that that humbling moment where you go it's me Mm -hmm. i was the problem so it's interesting that you know you've actually played a puzzle game that that's breaking consistently right well one of them like I'll put this very loose like basically I was trying to figure out how to get this this crystal that works as a key to a certain location and I ended up throwing it over a fence <laughs> and once that happens I need that crystal in order to solve the puzzle that was not the intended way to do that that's mm-hmm. not a way to do it but I couldn't get to the crystal to solve the puzzle anymore so I had to reload now luckily the game auto saves pretty regularly and so I never lost progress in any way that really pissed me off but still it was um interesting experience it's almost but like yeah. the auto save bails out questionable design well and here's another interesting thing is that at the end of the game the last puzzle it says if you if something along the lines like if you get stuck or if you're unable to complete the puzzle hold triangle to reset to to the dome the dome is the initial area that i was telling you guys about i was like there's, I feel like there's a problem if you need to, like, this late in the game, if you need to introduce a reset button, I don't yeah. know. It's kind of odd. But anyway, I I wanted to play through all of it just because I actually thought about something that, that Carrick has championed. It's like not every game needs to be a, an 8 out of 10, a 9 out of 10, whatever. Sometimes you got to play the games that maybe you don't think are as good because it gives you a better perspective on the great games. I agree. Yeah. yeah. That's got I mean I've sadly been been doing that lately between Sonic Unleashed and, and Dragon Age 2. I've been really Dude, ba- like bathing in mediocrity. <laughs> what is going on with Sonic Unleashed right now because you're you've been playing it and then um 
one of the members of the Last Stand Discord, Matt Borges, he actually wrote into Defining Duke about it. Yes, I was like, he what did. the fuck's going on with Sonic Unleashed? Yeah. In 2021, the year What's of our ha- Lord yeah. has been cursed now with, with Sonic Unleashed. What, what I noticed is happening, because I have a friend who who's a diehard Sonic fan, and he's actually written on, in, in on this show about Sonic. Is he Sonic. a friend? Yes, kind of. Oh, Okay. Kind of. The reason I say kind of is because, like, you know, I, I like to keep him at arm's distance for his opinions. Uh, but he's as a huge we do Sonic with Sonic fan fans. And, exactly right. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. When you say I'm a huge Sonic fan, I question your taste immediately because there's really only one good Sonic game. That's Sonic Generations. Um, but what's happened is the, the community apparently is really touting Unleashed as like the definitive Sonic game. And the reason for that is because the Series X and Back Compat actually lets it run at a relatively stable frame rate. Oh, yeah. And so. Uh, you're able to see the game for what it really is, and it's a very fast game. It's kind of got an interesting blend of beat 'em up combat, and you can see there's some ambition there because you're going all around the globe. You can interact with NPCs. There aren't these million hour long load times, uh, and on top of that, you you have uh, the, the classical Sonic levels with the boost system, but they aren't just running straight. You have to pay attention and try. But Sonic just controls like ass. I don't know. When I played and beat that game, I thought to myself, Sonic fans have just no standards. It's just the reality. You know, and the reason I say that is because I go back to that final boss and tell me that's good. Go back to some of Eggman Land and tell me. I thought Egg, that's the thing. A lot of people hate Eggman Land. Eggman Land was actually probably one of the better levels because it actually had variety. The rest of them just got really repetitive and frustrating, uh, especially the, the Sonic Boost levels. But I, I could go on and on about that game. Point being is, yeah, there's been like a, re- a real resurgence in Sonic. And I'm wondering with Xbox's FPS boost. And just their back-to-back boosts. I, I get this really weird inkling that Sonic 06 is going to be a game that Sega says, let's see if we can get this thing to what it was supposed to be. I, Dude. You know, I would love that. I would <laughs> Sonic love 06 at 120 FPS. <laughs> Dude, tell me no one would be talking. Like, everyone would be on that, like trying to figure out what's going on with that. That would be one of the most yeah. fascinating backwards-compatible updates. I would love to see them do it. I would not be surprised if they did it either. That just seems... It seems like the type of game that was made back then that you go, this could really use something uh, like a back compat boost. But yeah, point being is I, I've been playing a lot of average, uh, average stuff. Um, the main game I've been playing this week is um, Smash Ultimate, actually. Oh. Myra. Uh, I think that's her name. Myra. That's a, the, the Xenoblade characters. They came out. Uh, Mira and, and Pyra, I think is what it is. Um and I'm not a Xenoblade fan, but I hadn't got any of the previous DLC, like Sephiroth or Min Min, um, Minecraft Steve. So a couple buddies and myself hopped on last night, and we played that. Man, what a fucking good game. I, I, it's the type of game you go back and you forget. Uh, it's just constantly refreshing uh, if you take those types of breaks in between. Um, and just, it's amazing, the roster. Being Sephiroth, who's literally skewering enemies on the stage and fighting Minecraft Steve... It's just amazing to look at. And the stage in the background is Garrick Mock from Three Houses. And you're like, wow. Uh, you know, this is like a historic video game in so many ways. Uh, so I've been playing a little bit of that now, getting back into that Smash grind again. Uh, but the main game I want to talk about this week was was Dragon Age 2. Dragon Age 2. Mm. So did a did a 2020 review for Inquisition. Um, did a 2021 review for Origins. And I, I realized I left this one out. And it's time to revise that opinion as well. See if I love it as much as I as I once did. Just kidding. I don't. But point being is um, I wanted to see how it had aged. And I got to say, you know, it's clearly the weakest Dragon Age title, but it's, it's really not as bad as I remembered. Um, a lot of that is helped by the fact that 
There are some things Inquisition leads into that Dragon Age 2 started and clearly are going to be used heavily in Dragon Age 4, um, such as Red Lyrium and certain companions and Tevinter Mages. And so there's a lot of stuff going on in 2 that is explored pretty heavily that then only in the DLC gets explored more, I felt, and a couple of points in the story in Inquisition. And so uh, it, it also plugged in some gaps that I had after playing Inquisition again. I think it would have benefited me to go to Inquisition, but I probably would have lost my fucking mind. Uh, but going back to this, it's benefited from the Series X. That's where I'm playing it. The quick load times have helped because um, you're able to to go all over Kirkwall in a half a second. So those previous load screens as you went to new dungeons or someone's house to visit them for a cutscene, uh, typically those would take for a while. Uh, but now it's, it's in a heartbeat, which is really nice. So it kind of keeps the flow going. Combat's significantly weaker in this entry, really mindless and not balanced well. Um, the lack of companion customization outside of completing their quests is really disappointing. The lack of like a hub area that gathers all your companions and you got to go to all of their houses when you want to do uh, quests with them or communicate with them has not aged well. But yeah, I've just been playing that through. I'm almost done with it. Um, I've, I've been enjoying it in a weird way though. Uh, and I think it's just because we are in that time right now, uh, where for me, at least outside of monster hunter rise, I'm really not looking at anything in particular and going, I got to play this, you know, near replicant is probably the next one on my list. Right, Dustin, let's yeah. go. Oh, hell yeah, yeah dude. Yeah. Let's go. So, so like, honestly, yeah. that's the only one that's on my list where I'm, I'm thinking that's a must play for me. And I'm going to, I'm going to play the shit out of it. I'm going to review it, you know, cause I, I have a adoration for near, but I, I'm just trying to make the most of that and do some retrospective content that previously I was, uh, chipping into towards the end of last year. But I thought, okay, we got new releases coming out. Maybe that's going to slow down. But now that, um, now that things have slowed down, I'm, I'm just, enjoying going back to these old rpgs and uh taking a more uh what's the word i'm looking for mature approach to my critique you know i I, when Mm. i played a lot of these games i was 17 16 i'm like this sucks why Uh, it sucks and you know you don't really you're (laughs) unable to explain your reasoning so it's, it's definitely been good to go back but yeah that that's personally what i have been playing for this week carrick you're the you're the last one have you even been playing Loop Hero, uh, oh. and then No Man's tell Sky. Tell me about Loop Hero. You gotta tell me about Loop Hero. Yeah, Loop Hero's good. It's uh, it's definitely. I mean, there's a reason why I think I don't think I've seen even one person talk negatively about it, which is weird. But it's not my type of game. Um, but I still love it. I don't like the genre at all. I don't like the graphics. I don't like the sound. It's still awesome. It's uh, it looks like a SNES game. It is a game where you basically take a hero. He goes around the land. He's forgotten what's occurred so as he goes around the land as he defeats bad guys he gets cards and those cards are the locations and he can put them down which then solidifies those in his mind each card and each location does different things like you put a rock down and it's every time dawn happens you get three hit points but there's a bunch of combos that they don't tell you about in the actual game so if you put a bunch of mountains around another mountain you can spawn a bad guy if you do this you can do this and different tiles and different cards start to interact Hmm. and it's a it's it's a lot like a game. Um, oh man, I brought this up in my podcast. I can't remember the name of it, but uh, it's one of those games that plays itself. You can pause it, but you can let it play itself. And just keep watching it, and then you know, outfit your guy as he kills people, and occasionally gets a sword or armor or what have you. 
And then when you get to your bonfire, you can stop and keep 60, I think it's 60% of the items, or you can continue going, hoping to get more and more items. And it's, it's fucking awesome. I mean, it's the, it's the dumbest thing in the world, but it's the fucking most fun I've had all year, like all year. And by a huge amount, like when you, so you start out as a knight and he has a couple skills, mostly just fighting. But when you get a new character class, which you get after you play the game for a while, the game plays completely different, completely different than it did just prior, which is, it's crazy. You start playing, you're like, whoa, wait, what, what do I have to do with tiles now? Oh, they do a different thing. And like I said, tiles interact. So like you'll put a mountain down and, you know, I remember a mountain here on this corner of the road. But then that affects another tile somewhere else, and it becomes this insane strategy game that just it it just doesn't look. It's not my thing. And when they asked me to cover it, I was like, "I'm sorry, it's not my thing. It doesn't look like I would even like it, and it's not my genre." And they were like, "Well, if you play it and like it, you know, tell us, and maybe you can pop something off." And Within like an hour, I was just like, what? I can't. And and it's actually opened up my eyes to some other titles I probably wouldn't have um, have jumped into this year. I mean, this year, obviously, indie year. So there'll be some stuff that I think we'll all play that maybe wouldn't get a chance to play. But this has been an awesome surprise to have already uh, in February, March, because it was out two weeks ago, I think, was when they gave codes. And I've been playing pretty much pretty religiously. So it's, it's nice. It doesn't wanna... require a lot either, you know. I kind of want to take a look at that. It's I'm well worth the cost. About it. And yeah, then No like Man's Sky. Bucks. Yeah, yeah, it's like 12 bucks. I think this was one... Dude, okay, yeah, this the rollout for this game has been weird behind the scenes because one of our guys at Handsome Phantom reviewed this, Dave, and uh, we actually had a review January 11th for the game. So they weird. must have... I remember talking to Ben that there was a weird thing where they gave us an embargo and a time to review the game... And then there was no release date, and it, it just kind of maybe was they weird. had something to work on or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, uh, it's I mean, it's got the reviews pop today, it's super high. It's just it's so weird because it looks like a SNES game. You just run in one circle. Progress Quest. That's the old game. About a decade ago, there was mm-hmm. a game called Progress Quest that came out where it basically ran itself for you, and you just equipped your guy. That's almost what you do here. And it's been sort of fun to meta game it. So one time last night, I was like, I'm just going to let it run for 30 minutes without touching it and see other than outfitting him with cool weapons. I'm going to see how long he can go. That's not even a part of the game. They don't even tell you to do that. That was just me going, this would be fun. I just don't have the time for that usually. And I don't get sucked into that usually. But something about this game. Sounds like a great Switch game. (laughs) I mean, it's a well it's on android too it's on i think it's on android and iphone too so yeah and it it works i think it's too small for that but again i don't like these graphics at all i'm not i'm not that type of classic fan like dreamcast is probably the farthest back i want to go before my eyes hurt like that old you don't like 16 bit 8 bit you know no i almost never like that anymore yeah Um, Hmm. okay even though i grew up in that i'm done i'm one of those type of people i live through it i don't need to revisit it you youngins (laughs) feel free go back to that i had to live through (laughs) <laughs> but uh, yeah, anyway, you, if anybody's watching, you should check it out. And then, uh, and then, No Man's Sky, we played about fifteen hours um, mining, and that game is a blast, man. Like I never thought I'd say that, but uh, there's so much to do now, and it's so easy to get into that we've just been mining and talking about movies and shit like <laughs> with just our group, just like it's it's been incredible. So 
it's nice to not have something right this minute. It's it's it sucks for views, but it's nice. For, yeah, for I was gonna say I've I've had like eight different times this year already where I've had to just really dig and be like, hmm, what do I talk about today? Uh, as a daily content creator, you know, it's it's a little more difficult in that in that regard. So I feel your pain, you know, because there's no releases. So there's some some companies are keeping news close to their chest until they know they can go. And obviously with RPGs, it can become even more scarce. So I feel you entirely on that. Uh, but anyway, for those of you who are with us today, thank you for joining us. We appreciate you. For those who don't know, this is a weekly gaming show. I'm sure you really put that one together already. Uh, we just take the, the biggest news of each week. We like to kick back chat every single Friday we record this, and that goes up for early access over on patreon.com slash Place, where we have 370 of you. Thank you so much. We're close to 400, and I appreciate the support and helping us build this show even bigger. I mean, last last week, man, we hit almost 20,000 listeners on this Ooh. show. So we are, we are doing quite well. Um, and we, we thank you all for that. Um, it kind of came out of nowhere when you really look at it. Cause we were just doing the same thing. Then we added Dustin. So Dustin, you have a lot of fans here. I don't know if you knew that. Whoa. Well, yeah. you know, what was surprising? Um, I had some people jump, jump into my stream that said, Hey, I'm here from ham. So if you were one of them, thank you. Yeah, I think that's what's starting to happen is we're having this trifecta really come into form between right. ACG, my channel, and Last Stand Media. And it's just mm -hmm. kind of becoming this big group. And so we're all just sharing viewers because that's what is happening on my Patreon, um, especially because what I did was one of the things I want to announce before we get into the rest of our show is uh, we do typically a weekly bonus show for Ham Radio just called Extra Slice of Ham where I'll sit down for an hour and... And uh, what's happened is just my schedule's poured over. I made like a whole half hour video, uh, or, or I should say mini podcast, talking about it on the Patreon and just kind of passing it off to, to the listener saying like, hey, what do you think I should do here? Because, you know, I have an idea of what I want to do uh, and I can decide to do this. But of course, I didn't want to strip content from people because my idea was to alter when we released Extra Slice, how often we did it. And so what the communities come to is we'll do a monthly Q&A, bi-weekly patron videos, and then obviously weekly early access for this show. So that's something that is changing. Uh, the, the goal was to make sure I didn't take value away. A lot of people said, we're just here to support like you, make sure you stick. And then anything here is a bonus. Because uh, what was happening is I was just, I'm sure you guys have got this before. Have you ever had it with your jaw starts to really fucking tighten up because you do so many podcasts? Yep. Dude. I didn't, I didn't know it was a thing. And so I was like, fine. But then I started to feel the effects of sitting for like a total of yeah. 10 hours of podcasting, um, where even an hour walk wasn't feeling like I was doing enough for myself. Uh, so it just became a health thing, honestly. And I, I, I had to start, I was starting to spread myself thin. I want to live stream Dustin. You have inspired me. I've been oh. really itching to, to, yeah, I've been itching Let's to get back together, into live streaming. Dude. I would love that, honestly, because I've been itching to, to get into live streaming again you know it's something i i always have a fun time doing it's just with my upload schedule i upload around like four or five every day and i like to stream at seven so i don't want to am i going to smother an upload am i going to hurt my channel and so i think about that sometimes where where would a stream work best would i just be a morning streamer like 11 o'clock or something till one uh, and try to figure something out for that but um i want to get into that more i also have a big passion project i'm working on so I don't think a fourth podcast every week is feasible for me to get other shit done. So that is the move we have made. And I want to thank those who wrote in for their very strong feedback, very kind feedback at that. 
lot of caring people there. And I, I just can't put into words how much I appreciate that. So um, instead of putting into words, let's put game news into words, right? Let's oh, talk. Shit. Let's talk Elden Ring. Boys, we got ourselves some Elden Ring leaks. Finally. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So the game is real. What happened was earlier this week, uh, an internal gameplay trailer from Bandai had leaked. Reportedly, this is about a year old, and it was obviously never supposed to uh, be seen by the public. Uh, But this trailer did leak, and it showed some familiar Souls-like combat. We saw horseback riding, some more open areas. Um, We know the game is real. That is probably the most important takeaway. Some other reports have followed up saying that Elden Ring is more than likely not a 2021 game. Uh, It's more a lock for 2022 and that people would be surprised if it comes within this year. But who knows? I think both Elden Ring and Starfield are in that same ballpark of, hey, this is something we can do and we could try to do, but we don't know if we can guarantee it because of work from home conditions. Apparently, the pandemic has really impacted this game and, of course, many other uh, major AAA projects. Uh, so, yeah, Elden Ring is out in the wild. More interestingly, in my opinion, is we saw the trademark for a game information show is what the listing had suggested. Those are loose words, but pretty much a, uh E3-like showcase, something like a state of play. Ubisoft did a similar thing. EA did a similar thing. Um, so it looks like Bandai wants to do their own thing, and the trademark was called Bandai Namco Next. And uh, this is likely going to be the place where we see Tales of Arise get a re-reveal. Uh, we're going to see Digimon Survive, maybe? A little Dragon Ball game? Scarlet Nexus? Bandai has a lot of cool stuff in their yeah. wheelhouse right now. And so with Elden Ring there as kind of the, the capper, I think of it like an E3 2015 for Bethesda where they had Dishonored 2 and then they had um, a bunch of other games, Elder Scrolls Online expansions, and then they were like, we also have Fallout 4. So I feel like Bandai's actually set for something pretty exciting. And so there's that's a show, I think, if you're into Elden Ring, of course, but also just JRPGs, definitely worth keeping an eye on. But Dustin, you have week in, week out, sat here, told mm. us what Souls game you're streaming, Sekiro Platinums, you have had your hands all over uh, Miyazaki's work. So what did you make of what you saw when it came to Elden Ring? I got a surprise for you, Maddie. Oh, man. I did not watch the leak. Hmm. Whoa, oh. I, dude, I was leaning on you there. Why not? I know, but wait, I have thoughts, though, because, okay, okay, okay. It, it popped up. I was, like, you know, like, barely awake, checking, like, mm-hmm. looking at my phone, and I started to see the leak. And first of all, it's I would have watched it, but the quality is so insanely yeah. bad. Which, <laughs> the quality is so bad, it almost makes me question if it's intentional. Like, there's something about it that I'm like, who, what? What was this even recorded on? Did someone just like, oh, I got my uh, Motorola Razor from 2006. Yeah, right. At, at the business phone? meeting, I'm going to quickly uh, get a quick vid of this old Yeah, he was right trailer. in front of the monitor too. So yeah. he had time to stabilize the image. I don't know what happened there. So 
I did see the little bit, like I saw someone riding on a horse and stuff like that, but it is, it's so weird to me about this game that there's people that are like, is it even real? Is this game, I won't believe it until I see it. And I'm like, dude, this is not a Final Fantasy 15 or Last Guardian situation. Sekiro just came out in 2019. Like, mm-hmm. what was that 2019, right? Yeah. 20... Yeah, I believe so. I'll double it, check. It but, came out yeah. right before I went to PAX in 2019. I remember that. And so really that wasn't that long ago. Sure. And then Elden Ring was revealed at that summer, but I don't know. I the the weird like people that are tinfoil hat like this game's in trouble, stuff like that. It's there's a lot of very easily you can very easily explain a lot of reasons why it's maybe gone dark. For example, a worldwide pandemic, maybe that delayed. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe they decide they were like, we're right on the cusp here of next gen. Shit, we got to push it to next gen. And since we're putting on next gen, now we are able to, to do X, Y, Z. Now that we have all this horsepower and that's going to take X amount of time and development. So, yeah, there's tons of reasons why it may have been delayed at this point. There could be a whole nother argument about whether or not they should have revealed it in the first place. Sure. Yeah. But I don't know. Either way, it's funny, too, because I've seen people that are like, why are why are people so excited about a game they don't know anything about? I'm like. Have we looked at FromSoft's catalog yet? <laughs> right. Like, yeah. I, to me, like the way I see Elden Ring and based on the reports from not only. Uh, this leak but other leaks of people talking about the game this feels like right now a sequel to dark souls as a as a whole right Mm -hmm. um this is it it feels like they're taking dark souls the core of that and and really taking it to a whole nother level so yes that's very exciting um again we got to manage our expectations we had to keep hype in check but uh everything sounds really promising so i agree yeah i i'm excited to see what this thing ends up being and just for those who don't know it's not even like it is dustin's interpretation but like miyazaki has said himself like it's a natural evolution of what dark souls is so i think that's completely fair to say i think that should be where people's expectations are the, the most annoying thing about the leaks were the people who go, it looks like Dark Souls. I was like, yeah, idiot. Yep. It does. <laughs> Way to go. You, you've, you've figured it out. Um, because I, like, I, I'm happy to see that. You know, I think Dark Souls, um, you know, I, I, have, I have to play three probably at this point so I can see the true evolution of what was the, the, the final Souls like and then go into Elden Ring with that knowledge. So my clock is ticking on that one just to just to – learn all those systems but from what i've experienced from one and two and a little bit of three is that the game was mostly grounded and by that i mean like you were very much glued and it wasn't as mobile as i would say maybe a bloodborne would be uh and one thing i noticed in the leak trailer is there was a jump and it did not look like it was not a sprint jump it was a jump which after sekiro i i could not fathom them not putting a jump in and especially if your game's gonna be open world if it's all just this horizontal just a flat land that wouldn't be a very good open world so there needed to be verticality so i am excited to see what they do let me tell you one thing maddie what i want from elden ring above all else and miyazaki has shown us that he this is how he designs games for the most part 
is that Dark Souls is all about that that sense of accomplishment, not pride and accomplishment like EA, like the the good kind of accomplishment. <laughs> so, and you know they they made Dark Souls one, he made Bloodborne, and I think by Dark Souls three he had started to realize that like hmm. We're starting to lose that sense of accomplishment to our fans because they know what to expect from us. You heard a lot of people say that they thought Dark Souls 3 was the easiest Souls game. In reality, I think it's just people had learned what a Souls game wants from you. So, yeah, it's a lot easier once you have that pre-existing knowledge. And he was really able to turn that a lot of that stuff upside down. For Sekiro, like literally some of the mechanics in Sekiro are the opposite of Dark Souls. If you hold a shield in Dark Souls, you will slowly regain regain your stamina. In Sekiro, if you hold your sword up, it will quickly uh, bring down your poise meter. That's like completely opposite thinking of the two. So Sekiro was able to reintroduce that that feeling that Souls gives people and made a lot of people like myself very frustrated when we tried to play that game like a souls game like literally for months i thought i would never beat sekiro and then it like clicked it was like a light bulb and that's why i think that sekiro is like probably tied with bloodborne for me Mm. just because of the way they were able to like yeah it's got idols it has a um the, the, the death system is the same. The way the levels are structured, it's all, it's similar, but it's it takes that essence and like makes it completely new. And that's why it's brilliant. Okay. I'm done preaching now about uh, d- about Miyazaki and Dark Souls. You, you I'm can't, just, yeah. It's so I mean, exciting. I don't know. I, I, I've been like studying almost in a way, like Miyazaki and Dark Souls and the whole, the whole franchise, like watching a lot of like really good um, YouTube videos. In fact, there's a really great video essay. I cannot remember the name, uh, but it's called Dark Souls 3 is Thinking of Ending Things that just came out this past week. And it compares Dark Souls to this Netflix movie called I'm Thinking of Anything- Ending Things, which is a really awesome, cool movie. And it's a really unique take. I recommend checking that video out. Interesting. That's deep thinking. I don't know if I could ever draw those parallels between because <laughs> I don't watch enough movies. <laughs> <laughs> Carrick, what do you make of all of this? I mean, I I've, I saw the trailer. I wouldn't make any assumptions for that trailer because it, it it was so low. It's just really low res, really impossible to really see much. And I'm all for a Dark Souls even spiritual sequel. I liked Dark Souls three, so I, I and I would say that it may may maybe it was the easiest. I don't know if it was. I know that the people I told it was. It was nice and slick, still had horrendous difficulty because it was their first one. So I don't, you know, so the new people I talked to who played Dark Souls 3 still had problems. So I think with this one, a spiritual successor is totally fine. It, it, it did look like that, but I mean, it's got horseback and stuff, which is going to be cool. I'm yeah. not as in love with Dark Souls or whatever his name is as most exactly. people yeah uh because i i think i skew a little bit more on actually liking the games that came after dark souls for example your surge and your neo 2 so i'm actually so like a little bit more those though i'd love sekiro but yeah it's i mean it's exciting i'm just not too much into leaks anymore other than like we said with the hogwarts thing it's like it comes out you look at it you're like okay that looks good bad whatever um and then the rest of it 
I just don't know until I see more. I need to see more to know exactly which way they're going. Yeah. A lot of um a lot of websites are writing how big and open the game was, but you can't even see in the leak like when he's on horseback, he's like the character's riding through a pretty narrow passageway. Like you can make out that much, but you I can't see. I think they're using open. him. Somebody told me that it, it, that's exactly what somebody told me in my podcast, but they said that, that that he said something about it being a big open field game. Yes, not it's going to be open. open yeah, it's going to be more open. He did say that. Uh, it's just it's just interesting. Some of the the words. Yeah, being how far used it when, goes. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, which I, I get it. excitement, by the way. It's it's interesting because um, when I made a video just discussing the nature of the leak and kind of what it transpired. You know, I told people to kind of remember Cyberpunk. Just not that this game is going to fail or be buggy or anything, but the pressure of get it out, get it out, get it out. And at the end of the day, yeah, the suits at, at CD Projekt Red made their call um, and the devs had nothing to do with it. But a lot of people don't still seem to get that. And I was just urging, just caution, like, hey, you know, I know we, we, we've been silent on this game for a while. We all want updates. It was announced in 2019. We want this game as soon as possible. But I was, like, urging folks, like, hey, just remember what happened recently. Like, let's not have short-term memory on this. Not where every game we got to hold it up and be like, hold on. You can't get excited yet. Because I was like, no, this is fun as shit. But uh, a lot of people got upset. They're like, how dare you compare FromSoft and CD Projekt Red? I'm like, dude, if I did this, like, of course four That's months a ago totally fair comparison <laughs> yeah so I, it's just uh it wasn't even my interpretation like I, I i saw it was one guy who said that but i was reading through the comments and there were enough people who were like i'm not concerned this game is going to be phenomenal I'm like here we go again i have every mm. ounce of trust in from software do not get me wrong but and and it's the same thing like if you if people want to say like oh you're just doing this because it's from soft i'm doing the same thing with starfield um i know nothing trust, about but it verify yeah, right? Exactly. Like, I tr- I trust them, but I would like to see a, yeah. a full current trailer, right? We can be excited about what we saw um, because that's a, a – while it may be at, like, 240p, you are still into something <laughs> you saw, right? It's not an idea in your head. You saw a thing. So the excitement yeah. is, is only natural. Whereas with something like Starfield, people who say, I'm excited, I don't know if that's the right word, right? Like, that's a – I'm curious. I want to know more. Yeah. I'm anticipating more, but um, yeah, it's just very interesting when you give people the quick warning, like, hey, let's just, let's just pump the brake a little bit. Just don't want anyone to get upset here. We're back to our old ways, it seems. So, in we some, will see. I, I made the, the statement about maybe they shouldn't have uh, even announced it, and I, I do think there are plenty of times where games get announced way too early, but... On the other hand, people are like, just release it. It's time. Come on, release the game. Because I see that on Twitter all the time. I'm like, dude, I would wait 10 years or more to have a, a, a experience like Bloodborne again. Like, sure, I want it just as much as you. But the 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 people that are so demanding about release it, release it. I'm like, just hold up. So yeah. what it's the, so weird. Uh... What is the typical development gap? Because I remember when Elden Ring got announced, I, w- I distinctly recall being confused because I-, I thought to myself, wait, Sekiro just came out, right? Like, when do they think this game's going to be ready? And I-, I was starting to think, oh, does FromSoft have multiple development teams? Which squad is this one from? Uh, and-, and that's what caught me off guard where, yeah, I think at the end of the day, you can make a very strong case that, yeah, they could not have predicted a pandemic in 2020 into 2021 now, but... 
they definitely announced it a little early. Three months after their newest game was released. I, I don't know. Definitely questionable. The only, Dude, they actually, at one point, they released two games in the same year. Dark Souls 2 and Bloodborne. What? True. Yeah. So Dark Souls. Oh wait, no, wait, no. Sorry, I was wrong. Was the first. I end. thought it was Dark Souls three and Bloodborne, wasn't it? So no. Dark Souls two, was... the original release was March thirteenth, twenty fourteen. Then on February fifth, twenty fifteen, they released Scholar, uh, the first sin. So it wasn't technically because the Dark Souls two Scholar the first sin was a re release, but still it was March twenty fourteen Dark Souls two. March 2015, Bloodborne. So they did do back-to-back years, which wow. is still And then 2016 good. was Dark Souls 3. Right. And also, in 2015, they re- released Monster Hunter Diary. Wait. Is that not Diary? What is this? Have you guys seen this? What? Okay, there's some weird from software Japanese-only PSP game that's showing up on <laughs> their list. Monster Hunter Dairy? Not Diary. What? It's a diary when I diary? Look at the preview. Yeah, I saw. Oh diary. wait, no, I just can't read. <laughs> monster Hunter Dairy, <laughs> dude. Monster Hunter honest, Dairy. Dairy. It's about monster amazing. cows. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Monster Hunter cheese and milk, dude. That's just so yeah. weird. This is like this random ass game that from software. That's like the uh, the Bioware Sonic game. Oh my god, I know. Yeah, it, it yeah, has that same point. exact energy. Yeah, you just you just look at it and like go, wait, what? And that was especially in that case, and it could be the same thing here. That was during their really strong series of releases. They just in the middle have this real stinker of a, a Sonic game that you think, wow, right? This was this was when Bioware is pretty good too, huh? <laughs> hey, real quick before we move on, did either one of you play their PSVR game, which I believe is pronounced Deracine? Deracine? Uh-uh. I no, did. I, 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 I wanted to. I think I need to play that to complete my uh my from software you know playthroughs. Might as well, right? Might Can't as be well. too long. VR games are typically short outside of I don't the think it's long. Ones. Yeah. Give it a shot, let us know. We'll do. All right, next bit of news on our list is Switch Pro rumors. So I never really gave these any oxygen cuz it really did feel like I mean this with no disrespect. Uh, I just felt like every time I signed on YouTube, it was like a new Switch Pro rumor. And so I just kind of put my head in the sand until there was something of substance. Today, I think we do have that. So Bloomberg released a article titled Nintendo Plans Switch Model with Bigger Samsung OLED Display. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and read this article. And then we will discuss what the future of this system truly is and by the way it just passed its four-year anniversary so the timing is indeed right for this holiday season nintendo plans to unveil a model of its switch gaming console equipped with a bigger samsung oled screen this year hoping the large touchscreen can prop up demand in time for the holidays people familiar with the plan said samsung display will start mass production of a 7 inch 720p resolution oled panels as early as june with an initial monthly target of just under a million units at the people so good luck good luck getting one just (laughs) the displays are slated for shipment to assemblers around july the people said representatives for nintendo and samsung display declined to comment 
Nintendo seeks to sustain a Switch lineup that continues to sell well against the Xbox and PlayStation thanks to the pandemic-era breakout hit titles like Animal Crossing and a chip crunch that plagues supply of rival devices. But the gadget is now into its fifth year, which I believe is incorrect, while Microsoft and Sony uh, both have new, more powerful machines on the market. Uh, the game community has speculated online about the introduction of an OLED or organic light-emitting diode screen, but Nintendo has stayed mum, and President Shantaro Furukawa said in February his company has no plans to announce a Switch, quote, anytime soon, end quote. Samsung's involvement is a strong indication that Nintendo is serious about updating the console on a large scale. It says the release of a more premium version of Nintendo Switch uh, console with an OLED display and support for 4K graphics for the holiday 2021 selling season could drive the company's sales above consensus for fiscal year ending March 2022 and extend the life cycle of the Switch platform for many more years. The OLED panel will consume less battery, offer higher contrast, and possibly faster response time when compared to the Switch's current liquid crystal display. So, gentlemen... What do we make of Nintendo's display upgrades, which they say the resolution mirrors the current Switch and Switch Lite, but is an upgrade from the uh, 6.2-inch and Lite's 5.5-inch size? What do you make of OLED, which, by the way, PS Vita has an OLED screen, the original PS Vita. So, I'm interested by obligation alone. With that said, who would like to go first? Talk a little bit about this Switch Pro 4K output OLED screen. Are you gentlemen I, interested? The rumor I heard was uh, everything but the 4K output. Mm. The rumor I heard on that was more 4K compatible. Mm. Um, so that people understand. It's almost like saying it's 60 FPS, but really it's saying, you know, it can get up to 60 FPS. So, gotcha. So uh, certain titles. Could maybe reach that. Well, yeah, could maybe reach that um, because a 720p sampling up to 4K is ridiculous. Like that's, yep. I mean, there's nothing that currently technically does that. So, but that I, it's weird because I don't follow Switch rumors, and this rumor popped up like two weeks ago in an email, and I was like, dude, I don't, I don't, I don't care. Like I don't care. I like my <laughs> Switch. If it's better, it's better. And if it's super powerful, I care. But I don't care about these pseudo upgrades. Um, but then the thing popped and I looked at the stuff at the email and I was like, well, shit, man, that was actually right. So I don't know if it turns out to be right or wrong, but it looks like this one's backed up by a bunch of stuff. So I would assume it's more like the switch XL kind of thing, you know, like the Nintendo XL when they have the DSXL or whatever, which is like oh, a God, larger yeah, they DS. Had like, and they have the new 3DS. Yeah. yeah they had like five yeah. of them. Be- I mean, instead, you know, it is Nintendo. So them doing a pro that's not a pro does not surprise me. I see nothing. I, I don't know why anybody would be like, well, this doesn't make any sense. No, it makes perfect sense because what Nintendo does it's almost like different TVs in a weird way. Nintendo doesn't need a huge increase in their tech to sell you another of the same tech. That's not they're that's not a big deal to them. So I could see them almost like 2018 TV, 2020 TV. They're like, hey man, with same with the Switch. They're like it's gonna have this better battery. Remember, these guys released one with a battery that's only like 150 mAh higher than the old one. Like they they just upgrade and iterate all the time and then slowly let the other stuff die. So it's not that surprising to me. OLED is great. Um, 
100% sure I care too much on a on a portable about OLED. A lot of people are like, oh, it's more energy efficient. People just don't get HDTV, I guess. But they that's beside the point. I think um, I think I would like one with Joy-Cons. I don't like the light because they're lying. You can't snap them, and I want to take them off. That mm. bothers me. So this new one, Nintendo's listening. Please let me remove those fucking Joy-Cons and put... I. Uh, that's why I didn't get a light, was because... It's all, you know, one contained base. Yeah. Yeah, I never bothered for a Switch Lite either. I think it was very clearly for, like, a different audience. Like, a younger a different audience, audience. I could just drop I have in. one, but it's oh. not mine, actually. It's oh. Holly's. So okay. that's that was the, the purchase that saved my marriage when Animal Crossing came out. So Oh. Yeah, well, yeah actually, I have it over here. I have a... And it, she, we have one of these grips oh, for her, satisfy. too. Oh, yes. Yeah. She Sponsor loves this grip. She... She refuses to use it without the grip. That's how I don't much blame she loves her, the dude. grip. It's it's legit. Like I, I I'll say that first and foremost, we probably the best one. Yeah, I got mine right here. Like my I've switch is in the dock, but like, dude, yep. yeah, it's just they 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 fit your hands so well. It's insane. And so, yes, I did a sponsor with them, but it's dude, funny. I did. I didn't, but I would changer. tell anybody to get one. For sure. yeah. yeah, we um, we got them for Handsome Phantom, and so Holly actually reviewed this. Holly uh-huh. did the review because she's the mm. only person she's done some reviews for us throughout the years, but she was the only person on the team that had a switch light. So she's like, I'll do it. <laughs> and uh, Ben, oh, cool. Ben got the other one. And so uh-huh. I'm a little annoyed about that, but I, I would like to buy one. And in fact, if next time I'm traveling again, I feel like I will have to buy one. At that I point. use it even when I'm sitting. I use it bed. in bed. <laughs> oh yeah. I just it's... don't use my switch um, out bed. of its dock really oh lately. gotcha when i'm at I home respect that i respect that yeah. I, I i was only game i docked that i can recall in the last number of years was the one i recently played which is fire emblem just because it's such a long game like playing for three hour oh. bursts wasn't gonna work so i wanted to dock it and play it on tv but when i look at like the rest of the games i've played unless i reviewed that game which would probably only be mario and rabbits i didn't i don't dock my switch for shit oh and ultimate alliance 3 mm. that's one so, Maddie, let me let me tell you real quick what I think about this Switch Pro. All right. I'm all about the OLED screen because of what you said, like Vita. Oh, dude. Like, yeah. dude, I remember the first time I was coming home from PlayStation Experience and somebody had the the second PS Vita, the one that did not have the OLED screen. Oh, I'm like, my God. I'm like, this is a this is sleeker. It's lighter. It doesn't use the proprietary charging cable, but. The screen, I, I just like in like I was looking at them side by side, and I'm like, I just can't. I would not be able to switch over to this because I, I feel like it's a uh, noticeable difference. So I'm excited for Switch to be you know upgrading to the OLED screen. Now, did you guys see people complaining about them not upgrading the resolution? Because I feel like that's silly. Yeah, I don't think like, it makes much sense. I don't. To me, when when we're talking about gaming like i've never looked at my switch screen and thought "Mm, i really wish this was higher res like i feel like for the the pixel density for how far away the switch is from your face it's Mm -hmm. 720p is great and i'm sure that they could make it 1080p if they wanted but that's something that actually would take more battery life is to upgrade that resolution just because you have 
pumping out more I think pixels. I, I, I agree. I don't see any issue with 720. I think what may be going on is simply big dick energy with like Apple coming out with like 4K resolution, you know, t- telephones, cell phones, right. all that kind of stuff. I think it might just be that when you see 720p, you're like, seriously, really? And not knowing what other upgrades are coming. I, I think that's the only real, you know, that's the reason why a lot of people and, and a lot of those people probably have an issue with the switch already right and people i would also say 1080p if they did 1080p i'm gonna be honest man i might actually bitch more because 1080p is hard to hit on a handheld with a game a big screen battery power like there might be right uh, it seems like 720p it's just like all right we're good just just move on and yeah i don't know no one thinks about pixel density not no one but a lot of people don't consider the fact it's like Yeah. yeah it's 720p but it's a fucking seven inch screen that's a lot different than your giant, you know, TV. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you don't yeah. want that 7020, but it's also like 10 times bigger. So, and uh, OLED will already make it look, you know, clean. Well, depending, it's a, this will be a stiff and not a flexible OLED like, like phones, but I don't think that'll be an issue. But I mean, it'll look better, you know, it, it, at least color wise. And so it's like, it's just Nintendo, man. That's just what they do. Like, I don't, I don't know. It doesn't surprise me. It doesn't bother me. Um, I do want to know if there is a power bump just because yeah. it would be nice, but then compatibility might be a bitch. And what I, in the little leak that I got, it didn't seem like there was, there was it's and I mean, that's Nintendo. I would still like that though. I would, even though it's 720p, it'd be nicer to get a little bit better frame rate on like, Witcher three or something like that. Now, part of my 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 lack of knowledge here, but wouldn't even just like it is, it's not the image quality, like a, a stronger processing unit to maybe allow for better frame rates for their games. I think of like uh, what is the game that came out last year? It was like Hyrule, Deus Ex uh, Machina. Oh, oh yeah, I, yeah. There's also Hyrule. I think that's a Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity is probably a better example. Like that yeah. game chugs a ton. I liked it, but I couldn't play it anymore. That was like on the cusp of next gen, so I wouldn't say I was quite spoiled then. Now though, looking back, I don't think I could go back. So is that am I misunderstanding something by suggesting like, hey, the image output could stay the same, or or no, maybe no, this that's the CPU. But... Xbox yeah. S got three or four FPS more than the Xbox original because of a hundred. I think it was a hundred megahertz bump. That was it. Mm-hmm. So your FPS is normally your CPU. Normally all things being equal we'll just say that it's normally your cpu your resolution is normally your gpu which is why the ps4 pro didn't magically make every game 60 fps right. because it was the same cpu and then the pro came out the better so and that's why the xbox x one x was doing better because it was a little bit more of a here's a full upgrade or mini upgrade so yeah cpu would but i think they're worried about you know dude you have ignoring compatibility for a second you also have heat and all that stuff um mm-hmm. I think it makes sense. I also think these guys are getting their lunch stolen from them a little bit. I've been watching a bunch of YouTube reviewers reviewing the handhelds now that are Windows 10. I don't know if you guys have been seeing those. There's a shit ton of AMD processors getting into handhelds now. And, dude, the one I just looked at, I don't know the price, but I would probably pay 100 more for it because it was a slightly bigger screen than the uh, the new Switch. And it was a nice screen it had all of the shit you would expect, but it also like had a fan, it had cooling, it had the ability to run any programs because Windows 10 is pretty insane. So I also wonder if um, Nintendo 
is just smartly also realizing that phones and everything else are their more competitors and they're just trying to make sure they keep it, you know, you got to keep it somewhat updated. I mean, at the very least. That's a good point about, yeah, I feel like phones probably are because it's not like Sony. They're getting bigger anything. too. Yeah. Yeah. I have like a, what, I don't know about you guys, but I have like the Google 3 XL Magnum, you know, the condom named one. And it's like, <laughs> I mean, that thing's like a, a monster in your hand. Like it's all, yeah. it's a legit huge cell phone. So. I mean, I look at that game we talked about on Defining Duke, uh, Fantasian from Mistwalker. Like that's yeah. a legit game coming out on the Apple Arcade. And, you know, if I'm Nintendo, you're probably looking more at that and then rather than uh, what Xbox and PlayStation are doing. I think for them, all they care about is can we port these games still? Dude, that's have you the, played that's on the big mobile? Question. Never talk about mobile games. Uh, they're like Zenfonia or something on mobile. Have you pl- Have you heard of those? They're basically like Diablo with anime. I, I I remember last time you and I talked about cell phones and stuff, I was like, I wanted to tell you about this. And last night in bed, I was looking at my old apps on your Android device. You can look at like everything you've ever owned. And I was scrolling and I finally found this thing. I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> um, there's, there's some legit stuff coming out on Apple or on Android and Apple on mobile as a whole, like true 100% games that are, you know, I think going to be pretty surprising this year and next. Yeah. I mean, can you blame them? Cause if you can make a legit game and then just put it on another platform, like if I were making a game, I'd want to see if I could squeeze it on the mobile, if it were possible. Absolutely. You know, yeah. Dude, absolutely. I mean, that, that's the, the amount of exposure. I mean, there's a lot of shovelware there, but if you know, for people who don't have a, Switch, but if you're you not, you phone. get talked about, I will say that there's entire reddits called premium Android games. And they're only for basically telling people about full priced, good Android games. Like that's how much they're wanted. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I've seen a couple lately. I know one was Pascal's wager, which I don't know if it's like, super. yeah, I saw that hitting. Yeah. I don't know either. It's just kind of a souls like mobile title. That uh, is pretty decent looking graphically. I think as long as you're not a gotcha game, you will get your, your look on mobile. And so, right. yeah, yeah, I don't I blame so, these companies just taking a look there. Because I think the stigma is slowly peeling off. If you're not, if your game is mobile, there will be that, you know, like, I feel this with Genshin Impact. Knowing that game is on mobile devices kills my soul because I'm thinking every update will now be limited due to that platform. Because it looks so good on PlayStation. You're like, man, you know, I, I want this to be bigger, broader, do more. And will it continue to do that if mobile's there? But if mobile's getting bigger and stronger, like you just said, then, I mean, maybe yeah. I'm just incorrect on that. Maybe my fears are not founded. Well, dude, so. look at this. The Snapdragon, which is the CPU on the mobile, is insanely powerful. So, like, they're like the mobile phones are just catching up so quick. Do you guys think that a, a Switch Pro that is required in the sense of, of being able to catch up with these ports? Do you, or do you think Nintendo's fine where they oh. are? Colin brings that you up mean, a lot in Sacred Symbols, and I don't agree. I don't think they care. The ports, the ports, for sure. Those ports, like someone who says, like, let's say as an independent person, it says, I want to play Doom Eternal. And then they'll think, oh, great. I have a switch. Let's play it on switch. That market is very small to me. I'm curious. Maybe I'm totally wrong. I feel like if they did a survey of people who bought Doom Eternal or the original Doom 2016 on switch, there are people that already bought and played the game on another platform like it's the the novelty of having it on a handheld i'm actually it's funny that you bring that up not to cut you off but i I saw i got an email GameStop's like we're having a tax sale and i'm sometimes i like to see if they got anything new for um 
for consoles for like a good cut off price compared to eBay. And I was just scrolling through while Carrick was talking and I'm seeing like all these switch games and my brain perks up a little bit. I just saw XCOM two collection. I think to myself, well, I played XCOM two already, but I can play it now on the go and in bed. And that's a whole different, it's about the double dipping. I feel going back and buying it again. I'm, I'm streaming XCOM on my tablet from my PC almost every night right now. And I got to tell you, I, I don't know how good the mobile version is, but the streamed version is fucking awesome. So. Yeah, I just, so it's just funny you bring that up at that time, Dustin, because I was just like looking at Switch games and thought like, oh, this would be great in bed. Like, it, like it's a whole different mindset compared yeah. to, compared to um, what I think we look at other games. Because like, I think a lot of people do think the ports only work if it's like a first time buy. Mm-hmm. and sometimes it's that way i think for me i don't know if you guys have any experiences like this but dragon quest builders 2 was one that was on ps4 was on i think xbox but i went with switch because i wanted that building comfort game whenever and actually it worked out well i went on a vacation and I, I grinded the shit out of that game i put like 40 hours in at night so one last thing that i was just thinking about you're saying about them keeping up with the switch pro so they can compete with the the ps5 or the the series x and mm-hmm. it's a weird thing because i think in some way you know some people say nintendo is not competing with microsoft and sony they're in doing their own thing i don't think that's quite right they are competing and they aren't at the same time i think they're competing in a different way they're competing mm-hmm. for your money and your time um as opposed to like Microsoft might be like, oh, here's our FPS game. And Sony says, here's our FPS game. And it's better than theirs. Do you know what I mean? Like there's more direct yeah. as far as the type of content competition. Whereas Nintendo's right. like, yeah, don't just our games are more fun because of what they are Buy ours instead. Do you know what I mean? Am I making mm-hmm. sorry? I feel no, like I'm not I, doing a good job no, explaining. I, no, you, you are. I get what you're saying. Yeah, it's it's more so the the their directness versus nintendo which i think can just sidestep it and do their own thing well also i mean oh sorry no that was it uh no i agree with all that i was just gonna say they are pushing streaming in japan as well so i think that nintendo at the very least is looking at other ways to get some titles on their systems so there is that too i mean they're they're probably looking at everything but i don't think they're directly competing i think they're you are competing if you're competing for money Right. But mm-hmm. yeah, they're not competing for Doom to be first on their system. It just does that. It, and not only that, a lot of people play these games and they're like, I get to play Mario versus Rabbids. Oh, Doom also runs okay. That is exactly what everybody I ever talked to says about the Switch. They're like, oh, Doom is also on here and it is okay. Now get that. But that's not why they're fucking going to the thing. If mm-hmm. they were, that it would make no sense. It's not even, that would be so weird. It wouldn't, that wouldn't even be, and if, if there is somebody like that, and I apologize if somebody's listening is like that, you gotta be the one percenter on that, man. You gotta be. No, I mean, you just, yeah. that's not really the way people go when it comes down to it. You don't go hunting for deer in a fucking lake. Like, that, it doesn't make any sense. Don't. Imagine that, though. <laughs> it, it, admittedly, it would be fun, and I played a couple hunting games with some shit, you know, bugs, where the deer right. is in the water, so I guess it is possible. <laughs> It's funny you bring that up. We actually, a couple of buddies and I, we haven't played it yet, but we downloaded uh, Hunter. Yes! So, Call of the yeah. Wild! Woo! Yeah. Yeah, One of the best games ever made! Awesome. <laughs> I, I'm I really excited wait. about it. 
Dude, we our Discord went off this morning on the podcast because one of the guys was like, I've never played this game. I played it last weekend. My wife was yelling, don't kill that deer. He's like, I chased that fucking deer for four solid hours and killed it. <laughs> He's like, it was one of the greatest moments of gaming. I was like, yeah. Yeah, I, I want to see what you guys think, man. It's it's what we're doing dude, is is because so we saw cool. it, it goes up to eight, eight players. So. And yeah, three of us have it now through Game Pass, and I was like, "Let's wait. Let's get everyone." Because a couple of friends are looking at getting an Xbox. I don't know if there's crossplay on PC or something like that, but we're just I looking think to get. There is actually. We're just looking to get a ton of people in, so we can all just drop in and and hunt together. It's gonna be horrendous. Dude, that's gonna be fucking awesome, though. That's yeah. gonna be so. Man, I'm jealous. Yeah, yeah you guys I'm excited have a blast. to see. So, I'm looking forward to that. But um, yeah, unless we got anything else on the Switch Pro to toss in there move on to our next topic what's the switch uh or what's the real quick on the on the switch uh is there anything about the drift the i mean is there maybe is that some of the reason why maybe there's an upgrade too maybe there's something mechanical with the drift in there i have a really weird and understandably stupid stance on the drift because <laughs> for me yeah i'm admitting like self-aware stupid here but like i just throw some isopropyl alcohol underneath my my joy con and it's a thing Cleaning. of the past. It, yeah, degrinds it out. Yeah. It literally is a thing of the past, and it doesn't happen for a while. I did it last year, and it hasn't happened where okay. um, there was a period of time where everyone was getting it at once, and that was a thing Nintendo should have addressed. But now I, I imagine since there is an at-home remedy, Nintendo will handle it. I don't know how much of a priority it is. If they can fix it, they should. But I, I, I wonder if it's just the style. I've always found, and I can't put it into words properly, but I look at the thumbsticks for the Switch, and I always just thought the little knob underneath and how it's almost like octagonal and kind of mm-hmm. like rocks around. I always found that very strange. So to me, I'm not too surprised just design wise when I looked at the Joy-Cons. I'm like, something feels weird when I try to go in circles with this thing. Like it's very jagged, rigid. And so uh, for me, yeah, I, I feel like they should try to address it, but I don't expect them to. I really don't. So we'll see. But anyway. Time for a little bit of sinking city instead of sinking your Joy-Con into isopropyl alcohol. So this has been ongoing for a while. Carrick, you put this on, or put me onto this, rather, when I saw it on your Twitter account. Uh, And so this situation continues to develop. It's constantly moving. For those who don't know, know, Frogwares, who made the sinking city game, and Carrick, I believe you reviewed this, so we could talk a little bit about the game itself. Um they they made this game called Sinking City. I believe it's set in like a Call of Cthulhu like uh yep. or uh, that's the yep. word, right? That is so. absolutely right. Yeah. All right. And so what happened is is Nacon, the publisher of this game, is in an ongoing legal conflict with the developer on what's happening with this game. So pretty much the game got pulled down, then it reappeared on Steam, but this was out without Frogware's approval. And they posted a, a nine minute video. Highly recommend you go watch it, uh breaking down how Nacon had hacked their game, uh, taking its code and uploaded what was a illegal version of the game to Steam. They highlighted points of the game that had been changed, things that had been removed, like they had Sherlock's home, uh, Sherlock Holmes game promotion on the bottom left corner of the screen. That was gone. Logos that they had in the beginning of the game were gone. They didn't show anything literally in the, the game's story and gameplay that was different, but things were tampered with, and uh, they were actually able to show based off the key they had in the version of the game they had with a certain certification key 
versus one that was completely missing. I think it was an encryption key, actually. Um, so it could show clearly that it was hacked. So the latest development on all of this, Vice has a solid breakdown of it, is at the time of the accusation, the Sinking City was still on Steam, but that changed this afternoon when the game was no longer available. You can search for Sinking City on Steam, but when clicking on the game, it would send you back to the main storefront. The game was removed as the result of a DMC takedown notice from Frogwares, according to Steam. Quote, The Sinking City has been in a dispute in French courts for a while, end quote, said Valve VP of Marketing Doug Lombardi in a statement to Vice Games. Quote, An interim decision last fall appeared to give Nacon the right to distribute the game on Steam while the litigation proceeded. However, today, we received a DMC takedown notice for the version that Nacon recently shipped, so we responded to that notice, end quote. And since Valve owns and runs Steam, they responded to such a request. There was an update, however. Frogwares and Nacon had since confirmed the DMCA takedown request in statements to Vice Games. Regarding the use of our DMCA uh, to remove the game from Steam, we believe in a very short time we were able to collect extremely strong evidence to indicate this version of the game was pirated and contains content that Nacon has absolutely no rights to, namely the Merciful Madness DLC. A DMC notice proved to be our most effective tool to give us time to gain further potential evidence and to also start the required and lengthy additional legal processes uh, to prevent this from happening again. Also, I imagine this is so that they don't lose a fuck ton of money on people buying the game and it going only to Nacon because none of this, I believe, would go to Frogwares. Uh, They said, we are aware that a final ruling on whether Frogwares are obligated to deliver a Steam version has yet to be made and could take years. As it stands, we have an appeals court ruling saying, until further notice, Frogwares do not need to deliver a Steam version to Nacon. In the meantime, Nacon decided to take justice into their own hands and release a pirated build. Um, they said we are also aware that the DMC claim on this Steam version may only be a temporary fix. And that the game may come back in this form or another, providing partners like Valve with finalized rulings and third-party verified evidence so they can make their final decision um, that takes time and resources. If in the meantime they decide they have to continue selling the game, we can only respect that while continuing to speak to them and provide them with more information. I know this is a mouthful. We're almost done. Separately, Nacon said repeatedly and unsuccessfully requested that Frogwares make the game available on Steam, failing which it would apply a clause in the contract where in such a case the game would be adapted by a third party. Um, This was all in a quote there. Nacon essentially confirmed what Frogwares was accusing, but claims it's within contractual rights. So, a lot going on here. Pretty, uh... Pretty unprecedented. Um, yeah. What do you, what do you, Carrick? I know, you, you know, as someone who reviewed the game and has kind of seen it from start to now, what do you, what do you feel about this development and what's happened with Frogwares? Well, I, I do want to say that I, I mean, it does look like both parties have like actual issues, like legitimate issues. It's not just like the developer was treated poorly, blah, blah, blah. There was multiple issues. And right. Frogwares has had a couple issues in the past as well with different pubs. But, this particular thing, dude, man, that's unprecedented to to buy a copy of the game from someone else and hack it. And I'm not saying, you know, I'm not saying how all that works, but I got to tell you that if this happened to a non-big publisher, to an indie, and it was Activision doing this, people would be up in arms. They'd be like, oh my God, this is the end of the world. Somebody bought a hacked ver- or a version and hacked it and took it over, even if they were owed the real version themselves. 
I don't even know the legalities of it, man. But they like buying it and then adjusting shit. There's probably something there that Frogwares can prove and be like, dude, you, you can't do that. Um, and and Nacon and Frogwares both have basically what looked like, at least to me, and I was watching that one lawyer, uh, the video game lawyer guy, oh, Hague Law or whatever. Yeah, yeah, oh, he even yeah. did a video. He even did a video on this and was like, yeah, you know, Nacon should take it down. But even he was like. This is like pretty unprecedented territory. Nobody, the DMC, I do like the Frogwares basically stated, we did the DMC. If that doesn't work, they're going to be able to sell it. Like it didn't sound like they were going to do another one, which would be misuse, by the way. If they do a DMC and it goes back up, that's a misuse. That's almost like a YouTuber striking another YouTuber. And then that YouTuber, you know, changes whatever and it brings it back up. Mm -hmm. It's got no connection. You still strike them anyway, like a jackass. So yeah, it's, it's, it's gnarly. I will say also this, Nacon must be bankrupt. Because no company would fight over Sinking City. None. Yeah, I didn't want to be. It's not good. Rude. It's just no. I'll be rude. It's it's not good. Yeah. So I don't know what. Imagine fighting over something that hard. It's almost like when you're prideful, you know, and you fight over something. <laughs> you make yeah. a shitty sandcastle. Your friend makes a shitty one, but you still, you know, you're fighting that your shittier one is just slightly mm-hmm. less shitty. So I don't know. Yeah, I just I didn't quite understand that like the huge fight over it. It seemed like an easy thing to let go because it doesn't seem like a major revenue generator. I, I think yeah. if oh, anything, oh shoot, sorry, sorry, you reminded me just real quick. The no, DLC that's the problem, by the way. So yeah, tell me they about that. Had a, you, you so they had a contract for the normal game, the the fucking game they bought. They fucked up and bought the wrong one that has DLC they did not pay for. <laughs> so any software developer will tell you there's sprints and there's there's contract years and you say, here's my deliverable. Your deliverable might be mm-hmm. 3A for your software, 3B's next year and it's paid for. What happened here was the deal got, the deal fell apart prior to that, like being fully paid for. They bought it. They got the game of the year edition i guess is what you'd say which has some dlc that they supposedly did pay for but then even in nacon's own announcement they said it's just the basic game it is not just the basic game and that's Mm. where they probably got the dmc successfully struck sorry i just had to add that that is a real legal thing i wanted to say that's a major that's a major thing (laughs) yeah 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 that's that's a that's a faux pas that's that's more than a faux pas. That's gonna sink their ship or their city. It's just it's just sucks. <laughs> it just sucks because it's like I would rather have Frogwares move on and Nacon move on, you know, and yeah. just you know go do your own thing. And instead, they're they're stuck doing this over this game of all games. Yeah, right. It seems like the last. Thing I'm the only one who played this. I haven't played it. Weird. No. Mm. You said it's a bad game too. It's it well, it's medium. It's it's mediocre, but it's not. It's well. Hold it's on, rough. medium is me. It is like the medium, or it is a medium. No, game. no, no. no, no, <laughs> no, no, no <laughs> I was no. like, hold on. It is. Uh, what's a really what's a really pretty boring mediocre open world game? Um, well, other than this, mm. uh, I can uh, do boring, boring and mediocre. I don't know if I can do boring, mediocre what, open world. Like, like half price to lower half price. This would probably be worth it. Ten bucks, maybe. Uh, it had a lot of technical issues. I know that some of those been fixed, and there's a switch port, which supposedly is pretty good. Interesting. Yeah. So it's 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 in the middle to the low. I think the rating's like sixty four though. It's pretty low. Wow. 
because IGN still disliked it, which is pretty hard for IGN. <laughs> <laughs> Seems that way. Just joking. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, just that's the latest on the controversy. Dustin, if, if there's anything you want to tag on to or do you have any thoughts? No, I think Carrick said it well. I'll be curious once the, the court rulings are done. But I get the only thing I'll emphasis that Carrick said that I really agreed with is that it's very clear that both of these companies fucked up in different ways. <laughs> um, somewhere along the line. More. Yeah. That's going to be the main question. All right. Well, to our surprise, we have gotten through the news in an hour and 15 minutes. So, gentlemen, we actually may uh, may finish this episode. We in busted this time. shit open. Yeah, I'm I'm actually impressed. I'm happy for us. I think we did a great job here. So now, for this section of the show, we go through your patron questions. Damn it all. Whenever I open this app, it sends me all the way to the bottom. And I'm just like, fuck, where do we start? So a week from now, a week from now would put us at... 12th. 12th. Yeah, we promised to start with... uh, We're going to start with Natural Calamity. Because we had to catch up on some questions. Yeah, we stopped at Know It All because he asked us about us three and we said we'd catch up. So, Natural Calamity is our first one. Uh, I've always been the type of gamer who rides solo because it is so hard to try to together to get together with friends. And relying on someone else to play is so hard. So, a thing I hope to see more in games is matchmake for a squad in multiplayer games like ESO, Destiny, uh, Division... Because it really is a chore to put together a squad, and sometimes I want to play with some pals. Why don't more games have this basic add-in? And what would be some limitations that would keep them from adding this? Uh, And it's funny, because while this isn't a great game, Godfall is a co-op game that launched without matchmaking. And you have, like, menus and stuff that you go through to actually get to the map where you feel like you could invite a buddy in that way. Uh, It may have it now, but it did not at launch. So... Honestly, I don't know what the the holdback is. A lot of times I attest it to an oversight because it does seem very obvious why multiplayer games should have matchmaking. I know in ESO, like when you go into a, a major dungeon or I think they call it a delve, you can get invited into a group of other people and you can see their health bars and stuff. So you are on a team and there are certain things that will matchmake you in that game. Um, but yeah, like with the division, it's not going to when you go into what is it called? The dark zone, I think. I don't think mm-hmm. that's going yeah, to put. Stuff. I don't think that's going to put you into a squad. At least it, does, it didn't when I played it. Um, what do you guys think the reasoning for this is? Because I really just attested to oversights, but I could be missing something on the tech. I don't think it's technical all the time. I think like for Destiny. Well, first of all, Destiny mostly does have matchmaking for all of their stuff. There's some things mm-hmm. that they don't, which they may even now like. For for example, they didn't have matchmaking on raids. When raids first yeah. came out, wow, right? And, yeah, no, and to me, I didn't I like. That's oh, a you good liked thing. it. Go ahead. Sorry, you like you liked it. Okay, gotcha. I think that's a good thing because a raid is a like hot. First of all, it's a big. If it's a new raid that people don't know very well, it's a big commitment, and so you're gonna want to be with people that you know are committed throughout the whole thing, um, mm. and so. It's just one of the, and also you want something that sure the workaround was to go to something like the looking for group websites. But if you're willing to go and find those people, that means you're probably going to be dedicated enough to do the whole raid because that's a, a barrier to entry. So to me, it seemed like in that scenario it was a experience related thing that they were like, yeah, we don't want people doing matchmaking for raids because 
people are going to drop and people are going to be pissed off and it's not going to be a good experience for the people that really do want to do raids. But I believe now they have special um, something called guided games, which is a matchmaking like experience for raids, but I don't really know how that works. Someone will have to write in and, and let us know. But so, yeah, I think there's sometimes an experiential aspect in certain games. Good angle. Carrick, anything? Nothing. Um, it's a hard topic to delve into. I just figured I'd check. I would. I would say that I I played Destiny, uh, you know, for review and stuff. And and I personally believe that if you're, I haven't seen any mix for going into a raid and having people leave. It happens even in like dedicated groups. So to me, the idea that I couldn't bothered me and the idea that when I go into a game and I can't, it bothers me. That just might be me as a player where I'm like, I'm dedicated enough that if I am looking for a raid, I'm looking for a fucking raid. I just want to do it. Um, And maybe that's just me, but that did bother me not being able to do that. And it it does bother me overall. I don't think it's a, I, I think it's pretty much what he said, where it's just, it is their choice and they've thought it through and they're like, this makes more sense. But to me, less options always bother me because I could always turn that off. Like any game that's like invite friends, invite a uh, random group or invite party. I just feel like, why don't you have it in there at all? Um, I don't know. I, I like, I like, I like as many options as possible, but that's just me. <clears throat> I agree. Hopefully that helped natural. You also have another question. Well, I love the Assassin's Creed series. They have almost done nothing with the animus and seem to be milking the Assassins and Templars for what they are worth. Do you think it is time for them to evolve the series? Maybe making the real world more of a focus? Maybe adding some RPG elements to the real world? Maybe make it more 50-50 real world to animus ratio instead of the 95-5% to real world? What are some of your ideas to this that they can do to revitalize the series? And I thought that was an interesting word choice. You see, Natural, because the reason they lessened it was because people were complaining that it was getting in the way of the historical aspect, we'll say, of the game, yeah? I I am I going crazy? I thought Valhalla had you going into present day and everything. It did. I definitely think Valhalla had bigger stretches. I think Valhalla but I thought they, had. Oh, okay. They okay. they made the most of it when you were out of the animus. I felt I I was more compelled and interested in that than I was in prior titles. And okay. um, that that's just me. That's my opinion. But at the end of the day, I think the reason naturally they slimmed it down was because a lot of people especially with Desmond yeah, had, had major problems with the in and out, in and out because you'd get into a role and eventually people would just rush to the end game. So then they could explore it without interruption and play the game. So it was a, I think a major pacing obstruction that tended to stop people from wanting to get out of the animus. And it's also when you got out, it was fucking confusing during the Desmond storyline. Sometimes that you had no true. idea what was going on. So they, they didn't true. make it super compelling. I feel like with, um, Oh, her name starts with an L, and I can't remember it. Leandra or something like that for the uh, Origins and, and Odyssey as well as Valhalla. Her storyline has been a lot more mm. interesting, I feel. Um, You're talking about the chick who's outside of the... Yeah, who, yeah it starts yeah. with an L. I've, I think it's Yeah, I don't remember her name, but I know what but, you're talking about. As I say, she's more compelling. <laughs> but and I remember you're like, Desmond. yeah, I can't remember. I do that. Yeah. <laughs> There's a great game I played. What was it? I can't remember. Yeah, but it was it's, great. It's, it was great. Trust it's, me. It's, it's odd. Um, but yeah, hopefully that helps. Um, anything you want to add, Dustin? No takes here for me on Assassin's Creed. 
Just want to make sure I, I, I check on my sons before moving to oh, the next course. topic. Oh, of course. No. Of course. Kerjabli writes in. That's a new name. Hello, gentlemen. Hope you're all having a good time. Just had a question. Now that Formula E and Formula One are about to begin their season, so if any of you watch these races, and if so, which ones? Also, what do you think about the acquisition of Codemasters by EA? Being an F1 fan, I have this fear that EA will transform F1 games into another ultimate team where you have to buy drivers or teams to be able to play as them online. I feel like Carrick's our wheelhouse guy here. I have friends who love F1. I think it's on Netflix or something. There's an F1 show, and they obsess over it. They think it's you so would be good. Wrong. They would be wrong? I oh, hate I would be No, oh, I said F1. you would be wrong. Yeah, oh, I thought you were about my friends. I... I was like, hold on, what? <laughs> no. <laughs> Your friends. Uh, no, I just, uh, I'm, I'm more of a rally you know, dirt. Um, I'm not really a big fan of F1 or Formula. I apologize. I, I assume no, that's right. Incorrectly. I, I feel like, like a lot of that's, racing. That's the that's, only one. Yeah. Like I feel like anything that's yeah. fast, bombastic. Yeah. I usually attribute. Well, I mean, I would like, like F1 yeah. Rex, Maddie. If it was just Rex, that would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not, unfortunately. Dustin, are you an F1 guy? I, I can't read do, you on that. Do I look like an F1 guy? No, you're wearing a Super Mario shirt. I can't say you do. <laughs> I honestly F1 don't even. Super Mario. Is is F1? I don't know what it, that even is. It's like Those are the open wheeled cars. They're they're, the, they're not like okay. a NASCAR where they're square. They're the open wheeled winged. All that kind of oh. stuff. Oh. I was thinking drag racing in my head. Oh, that's different. <laughs> no, yeah, that is different. But Sorry, that would be I'm... awesome to put a dragster in an F1 race and see what happens. Yeah. Go for it, man. Wah! Oh, these look fun. I mean, sure. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I uh, for the Codemasters thing, you can almost guarantee EA is going to have a little bit of uh, stick in their hand in the A little bit of EA? And, and just, yeah, working it around. Yeah, they're absolutely A little bit of pride something. and accomplishment? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I don't know to what extent, <laughs> because here's the thing. I look at Bioware as someone who's done a complete case study on this company, um, where at first you go, hmm, okay, not too bad. Then EA started to usher themselves into the 360 PS3 micro DLC and transaction genre, and that is when they really started to take hold. Now that we're living right in that, uh, I would not be surprised if EA made a couple of uh, savvy, cost uh, costly moves. Uh, will they ruin the game? I don't know. But um, it's certainly an attractive option. You know, I remember even Halo Wars 2 with the Blitz mode had a kind of microtransaction card system or whatever. Um, companies love that shit because people will buy them because we all love the dopamine rush of a pack of something. All right. Vault 101 guy asks probably the easiest question of this show. Hey, fellas, I'm not as big into the Dark Souls-style games. Never liked it, but I always hear how good Neo is. Should I play it? You just shook your head no? No. There's, dude, there's so much fucking loot, so much management of all, oh, the, all the bullshit. It's whoa. just... I played a lot of Neo 1, and eventually I was like, I, can, I cannot stand all the amount of loot, oh. the amount of me- time I'm spending in fucking menus. Dude, I so, thought Dustin was going to just shake his head up and down and be like, yes, no. Vault 101 guy, we give you a unanimous yes. I I mean, I will say this much. I don't know if you don't like Dark Souls-style games. I I feel like Neo has the opportunity to be your thing. I don't know if it's a guarantee, though. It's much more action-packed, as Dustin said, even though this thing is wrong. There is a lot of when loot. When did I say that? 
I what, said the, I, the, the loop part. I was gonna say. Oh, the lo- I thought you said yeah. I, I said it was action packed, which it is action packed though. It is. Um, but I'm gonna play Neo Two. I'm gonna play some of it. Okay. I I, I haven't gotten there yet, but I'm going to. Neo Two is infinitely better than the first one. Okay. I'll so, take I'll take that. Yeah, it it will be familiar at first, but they evolve everything the right way from like mob enemies to boss design to locations creating your own character the creative character in that game is fucking amazing dude it's i want so to be good. a an anime girl when you i can. play neo 2 with you pink make, hair in fact people make characters online that are super detailed and then you can take a qr code scan it and you can have that created character so my friend i'm was looking like this up flipping designs he was like the hashiras like the butterfly hashira from demon slayer he was playing as her and then he was playing as kasumi from persona 5 royal and people Whoa. make like awesome fucking designs uh, with anime chicks and and dudes, and someone made Geralt of Rivia, so yeah, you can really because you can change what your character looks mid game, and uh, yeah, it's a really fun character creator. I feel like they they evolved that game in the right way compared to its first entry, like dropping William and just letting you you know do your own thing. It's awesome, decent length though. I keep keep that in mind, Dustin. It's a longer investment. I put about mm. 80, 90 hours into it, so. Sounds like a lot of time you, spent in that's menus. That's if you well, actually. It, it depends if you want to platinum it too. I think you can oh, finish right. that. I think you can finish it in less hours than that. Still, probably like a 60, 70 hour investment. But you don't like loot explosions? I'm picking your brain now. So okay, hold on. I'm I'm being about like eighty percent a troll right now and ten oh, percent serious. Oh, oh, but oh, okay. no, I'm this laughing. is the legitimate. This is the legitimate thing because I know how much you guys love it. Though here's the thing I realize is that I say a lot of these things in joking on podcasts, and then people in the comments do not realize <laughs> I'm joking. Fuck Dustin. I said something very controversial on Sacred Symbols. Uh, that I will I will not spoil since it's not on public feeds. But I was like totally joking. Um. And some people did not pick up on that. But no, here when I played Neo all those years ago, I just remember thinking like I'm I'm like constantly there's so much loot and I'm constantly changing out weapons. I'm constantly picking up something and like having to consider like, well, is this better than what I have? Is it not? It's like so much time. And it's probably part of partially me as a player because i'm like such a min maxer that the thought of the ah. fact that maybe i picked up a better weapon and i'm not using it really bothered me so that's that's fair because you are if you're if you're obsessed with min maxing and everything you pick up must be inspected there's no like quick inspect menu you just mash the like, i think it's the circle button everything gets scooped up and you're like all right i'll look at it at the end of the mission well, it's very systems heavy as well because there's the whole like you can break down the gear you get. There's like enchantment. Like I remember thinking like, holy shit, this game has a lot of systems that some of them were confusing to me at the time. Again, I don't tr- I don't really remember it all of them at this point. But my yeah, uh, my answer I, would be yes, he should um, play it. And one of the positives about Neo is that. Uh, Unlike a lot of the Dark Souls games, I've always felt that the Dark Souls games start out pretty heavy. Like your first guy can be pretty hard. I don't know why, but about Neo, I felt that even just button mashing, you can get past one or two guys. And what that does is allows you to defeat somebody and then have a moment of respite where your brain is like, what just happened? And you can go back on your memory and go, this is how I beat that guy. And that was a huge game changer for me in Neo 2. 
where I, it just felt, and I love Neo 1, but Neo 2, I felt they nailed that, where you can defeat a guy, you can skip past a main guy if you want, you can defeat a couple side guys without, you know, you may not have a lot of health left, but then you can sort of go about it. Also, it's got one of the best hint systems I think I've ever seen in a Dark Souls-style game, where you can just hit a button. I can't remember which one it is, but it tells you every single thing on the screen, and you can go to it, and it'll tell you how it affects other things. That's pretty rare in those games. A lot of times you're fucking hunting. And you're like, what? What does this do? Yeah, what like the hesitation of giving you information for the sake of difficulty. Right, almost. Yeah. right. For the sake, of, no, for the sake of difficulty is perfect. And when, in this one, when you find out that, like, all you really need to do is make sure that you have two weapons that somewhat overlap in one stat. That's all that really matters. Just one. And it doesn't even have to be amazing. It can be like a C or a B. And once you realize that, anybody can make a build. That's what I think is also awesome. Fighting Cowboy and I talked about this. His builds are builds. Mine are like kills, Carrick builds. They don't make a lot of sense, but they're fun for me. And I was pulling off yeah. combos that a lot of people watching would be like, that's not really a combo as much as because you built your character a certain way, you're able to pull off the second set of moves faster than normal. So it it looks like a combo, but it's like Kurosagama and Odachi, which are really weird to mix. But to me, are like that to me is like my favorite mix. It makes no sense. Right. That's why I like it. And dude, anybody can play that game. You can get a, a weapon that's just a club that'll kill somebody pretty quick. But then against two faster characters, you're going to get smoked. And that will allow you to take a moment after killing everybody and sort of regurgitate up what you did and then sort of think about it and put it into your brain for later. So. I think you should. Yeah. Agreed. Sorry, my dogs. I don't know if you guys can hear that. Oh, my dog no, it's fine. Absolutely on fire over here. <laughs> it's fine. If you need to handle them, that's okay. Ember MMD writes in, what is your favorite game to watch speed runs of? Yeah, I don't watch a lot, but... Um, Me neither. IGN has a really good series. I gotta be real. It's called, uh, like, Developers React. React to Speed Runs. Dude, I watched the Outer Worlds one and just That's a good them, one. Just watching them go like, wait how did he do that? Like just like the, the actual fascination because they don't prepare them. They're just like, here's a speed run of your game that you spent years working on. And you know, they were asking each other, like, do you ever think about like, you know, all the time we spent and here's someone about to finish it in like 24 minutes. I think that type of stuff is, is fascinating. So get it. I mean, I love watching the talent of a speed runner, but to me, what's more interesting is watching a person who made that game and spent years of their lives, watch it be broken down <laughs> into like a 20 yeah. minute run and go, yeah. well, fuck. <laughs> So to me, that would be my favorite. For me, I've been checking out some surprise, surprise, Dark Souls, Sekiro, Bloodborne speed runs on brand. But what's so interesting is that some of them are like any percent speed run. And so there's like lots of glitches usually in that. Mm. And then there will be like all bosses. Those ones are really interesting to me because you can really see where people have figured out the min max of like weapons yeah. And like how to get as as powerful as possible in the shortest amount of time, so those ones can be pretty good. All right, rolling on along, man. These these questions have been great. NFL dude writes in. I've been using RPC S3 <clears throat> emulator lately to play some old PS3 games like Resistance. Do you guys use any types of emulators or have a favorite? Thanks for the great work. I don't mess around with emulators really. I the, my 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 claim to fame with emulators. I had a nice rep in study hall. I had a, a, a Droid X, and I managed to get Pokemon Blue emulated on my phone. 
And I mm. played that every single study hall because I did not want to do my homework. And so I grind that out. You know, people would surround the desk. We'd chat. We'd talk school stuff. We'd gossip and play a little Pokemon. It was a good time. Everyone started, like, modding their phones. It was, it was awesome. It was the only time I felt remotely popular. I was going to say weirdest school ever. I just want to say, <laughs> I like right? the idea of you all, dude. Yeah. I like the idea of you all circling around a table being like, let's talk Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> that's just yeah. not what I was expecting. We were in high school. <laughs> that, was, that was awesome. Yeah. That's, that's not, that's not what I got to live with, but yeah, I, uh, the only one I use is blue stacks for Android and it's phenomenal, especially if you want to record for a video game review, which I haven't done. I've recorded a couple and then be like, eh, I'm not really, <clears throat> fuck. but I love having an Android, um, device on my pc there's tons of reasons why so that's the only one i use i know that uh dolphin is very good dolphin yeah and has a lot of really cool features to play like gamecube games at 4k and uh so that looks so good yeah yeah and there's some like really interesting breath of the wild 4k 60s stuff that is very tempting to check out obviously it's a bit of a legal gray area a lot of emulators and stuff but i don't know i'm not as there's some people in the games industry that are really like they don't they feel like emulator is a bad word but and sometimes it's like if a game's not available anywhere for purchase and it's only on a cartridge like download it i don't know like mm-hmm. nintendo will not let you play mother 3 in the united states or buy it fucking download it and play the game if you want to do it that's my there's take also for those of you who maybe want to have something physical, like for Mother 3, I thought one of the, the cool discoveries I made with just the Earthbound series is that people have taken these these emulations or these ROMs and they've put them on like a Game Boy Advance cartridge. And so you can get them and then play them on the go with fan translations and stuff. It's uh, it's insane. So, right. yeah, there's, there's all different types of workarounds to look at. <clears throat> Justin Luvano 13 is our next write-in. Hey, dudes. Hope Maddie's day is average, Carrick's day is mild, and Dustin's day is subpar. Been a few weeks since I've thrown a question on the Discord as I didn't want to take up all your time. Oh, please. However, I have two for you this week. One, I recently have been playing a ton of Vermintide 2, Borderlands 3, and Destiny 2, all because they received performance enhancements for Xbox Series X. When I initially tried to play them, I disliked them, but now I love them. Have you guys ever really disliked a game? And then you come to love it once it receives a performance boost. So we'll start off with that question. We'll get into his second one. Has there been anything that's gotten a boost? You ended up liking a little bit more. Thanks to... I mean, obviously, this is a, a recent thing that's occurred uh, through Next Gen or, or maybe an update on the PS4 and Xbox One from a very old title. Have you seen anything quite like that? Because I'm, I'm struggling to think because I think general back compat would be my answer. Like, I could throw a Dragon Age 2 in here. I love the game a lot more because I'm able to just go point A, point B, point A, point B in a, in a heartbeat, like I mentioned at right. the beginning of the show. So it, it's tough for me to narrow yeah, down. Yeah, I don't game, really but... have an example. I would say that he was right on the money with Destiny 2 because once you mm-hmm. play that game at 60, you're like, wow, how did I ever play this game? A shooter. Honestly, any shooter at 30 FPS. I don't yeah. know how anyone does it anymore. It should be illegal. Yeah. No more shooters at 30 FPS. Yeah, when they do that resistance collection, hopefully one day, that better be at Maybe. 60. Maybe. I'll be pissed if it's not. I hope they do that. Really? Like, how's that not a thing? Same thing with Infamous Collection. I don't know. 
Number two, in light of the GameStop stock market fiasco, I have been perplexed. Everyone seems to cheer on the stock market gamers for pulling a fast one on the hedge fund bros, yet they hate console scalpers. I understand that scalpers are morally in the wrong, but aren't both scalpers and GameStop investors just finding a way to rig the capitalist system in their favor? Is it hypocritical to whine about scalpers but praise GameStop investors? Or are these things unrelated and I am just dumb? P.S. A huge thank you, huge in caps, to Carrick. For turning me on to Hunter Call of the Wild. I've been addicted for weeks and hope to hunt with you sometime. Oh my god, Woo! dude. Let's do it. Let's do it. And yes, he is in the wrong, so I don't want to play with him. But no, I'm just joking. He's <laughs> he's completely in the wrong, though. As somebody who's traded stocks for over 20 years, they're not connected. That's not no. they're not they're not the same. I also don't have an issue with scalpers like everybody else does. I'm like, hey, free I what I do have an issue is the companies let it happen so easy. I'm not against somebody figuring a way out to make some cash even if unfortunately it's at the expense of somebody but the current situation is obviously fucking unacceptable um but they're not at all connected one's an investment in a company and the other is an end line in surprise in uh product kind of alteration you're doing they're not there's no there's not even a connection that i can think of other than the name of the company the device you're buying or that you're that you're talking about yeah yeah pretty much that yeah there's there's really no connection here so and you should invest if anybody's listening man fucking this is what i told said last time acorns invest do something find some money put it away man because this shit like it's not getting any better you don't have to do it yourself a lot of people are looking at robin hood find like a roth ira or something that you can just put like 50 dollars a month to and have someone else do the investment for you unless you want to learn that's also but it's a lot riskier that way yeah I would recommend it too. Yeah, I've been looking into that. So we talked about that a couple of weeks ago, actually. So yeah, yeah, we talked about Robinhood. I or uh, sorry, talked about Acorns. Mm-hmm. Yes, which is the one that rolls up your purchases. Yeah, it definitely do something, man. Oh, Paco Luigi is up next. Greetings, gentlemen. First off, just want to give props to all of you. I've been enjoying your content. It's been helping me through some of these shitty times. P.S. Dustin, you were correct in stating the Last Stand Discord has some odd ones. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, they all, do. <laughs> we have, we all we all we all every Discord. Yeah. It's just Discord more. is like a family. There's people you really like, yeah. there's some people you maybe don't want their everyone else to see, you know. They're just there to... for family reunion moments. You only want them Dustin, a little bit. That might be the perfect description. <laughs> <laughs> might be one of the best descriptions I've heard in my life. That's amazing. <laughs> Discord is like a family. <laughs> Intro aside, I am loving the aesthetic of Pokemon Legends Arceus. Do you think the game will include any other design changes than open world? Not trying to regurgitate the discussion on the mainline series feeling stagnant, just feeling excited about the announcement and wanted to start a conversation. Best, Paco. So apologies, Paco, we couldn't get to your question last week when we talked more extensively about it. Maybe you already got your answer. Are there any supplemental thoughts on the design changes other than open world for Pokemon that you guys maybe would want to see? Um, whether it's how you engage in combat. Some people had issues that you'd have to weaken the Pokemon to capture it potentially because you saw them just throw a Pokeball and that was it. And I think someone someone dug deep, man. I saw a comment on one of my videos. They went, well, in Pokemon Journeys, you can actually you can actually just throw the ball. Oh, shit. Pokemon. They don't even have to fight. It's like a show. I don't know. By the way, Dustin, I know your time is... is oh, yeah. Up. Well, I was going to answer it and then, and okay. then GTFO. All right. But the only answer I have for this, because I, I to reiterate from last last week, 
Keep your expectations, especially for this game, at the absolute lowest possible. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully we will be <sighs> surprised. Yeah. But uh, on that note, Matt, I do have to go, guys, because I got a hot day right, tonight. Enjoy. I don't know what makes it hot. Uh, I think we're just like getting the food, food. And seeing a movie. Oh, you're right. I did read ahead on the questions. <laughs> oh, lasagna. Damn, lasagna is great. That's what I'm getting today, man, for sure. Hell yeah. So it's lasagna. so funny. While we were sitting here about 20 no minutes ago, why. I ordered I ordered sushi. Oh, shit. Whoa. Yeah. Nice. What do you mean? Ugh. Dude. My dad owned Justin, a fish you're going to leave me with this guy? I God fucking damn. hate seafood. That's all. Oh, yeah. Damn. That's fair. That's I fair. did I read ahead on the questions, and I have one answer. You guys can figure out what question it's for. Mega Man Legends 3. Okay, just remember that. So... But uh, yeah, virginity too while playing. Oh shit! <laughs> That'd be legendary, especially because it would be never came out. Pretty legendary. Oh, oh hey, really it'd be even more legendary, man. So it never That'd happened cool. to begin with. Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> You're married and everything, and that'd be awesome. All right, All right guys. See you later. Peace out, man. See ya. Enjoy. All right, Carrick, you stuck with me in my sushi breath. <sighs> Nothing. <laughs> I'm learning all your little ticks and, and quirks now. I thought now we the had talked zone. about that for years, man. Like, no, yeah, we, my dad you, you mentioned plant. it last, uh, I think it was last week you mentioned it. Or was it I just can't, do? I can't even stand the smell of um, brine. Like smoked salmon I used to love, but even that makes me a little mm-hmm. like queasy now. I get that. You know how it is when somebody's, there's something, a lot of something. Almost like if you eat too much and then food, you smell food and you're like, oh. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, I'm pretty much at that level all the time. <laughs> Speaking of food, I reached out to Andy. For those who don't know, Andy Lunique, amazing guy. I reached out to him about yeah. a, a a knife because I was like, hey, man, I've been doing filleting. I've been having some trouble hacking through some. Yeah, I was like, you're the knife. guy for the job. And and he hooked yep. me up. He sent me a link to a really great knife. So He's, he's awesome. Like, well, because it's amazing. His craft is phenomenal because he'll be like, do you want a lifer or like he wants yeah, something else? Right. And I'm like, there's yeah. different knives. And I was like, dude, give me a lifer. I said, I'm not some some chef. I mean, I, I just give me something that's going to last. So he yeah. sent me one. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, he's so good. I'll, yeah, I, I miss talking to him a lot more. So do I. Grade 51 is our next write in. Hi, guys. Number one, would Maddie consider doing a 2020? Re- oh, dude, this is why I got to start reviewing these things. Would Maddie consider doing a 2021 re-review of Far Cry Primal, maybe checking out the survival mode that was added after release? Just figured I would ask since he seems to always... <sighs> what is this? Just figured I'd ask since he always seems to unfairly hate on the game, and when similar things happen with the Pokemon Snack game... <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> I, it kind of spurred him into checking it out. And then number two is, what are your guys' top five vegetables? Mine are broccoli, cauliflower, asparagus, bell peppers, and onions. Side note, because of health reasons, I can't eat potatoes, too many carbs, and not really sure if olives are vegetables or fruits, so I let them off my list. Have a good weekend, y'all. So, Grady has a problem with me, it seems. <laughs> a problem. He's yeah. got a beef. He's got a he video does. game beef. Oh, shit! <laughs> it's, it's that word choice, right? Like, it's it's the word choice. Unfairly He did hate. hyperbolize that, didn't he? Unfairly he did. hate. I put more hours into that game than I would care to admit. I will not do a 2021 review for this game, no. I have no, I, I, part of the reason I like to do re-reviews is I have to have an interest in going and playing the game. I do not have an interest in going back to a Ubisoft open world game open when world. they, it just, I feel like Ubisoft open world games are good now. That was in their <sighs> mid-gen kind of, uh, what are we doing with both these series? And so the, 
Primal is cool in the sense that it is very different from other Far Cry games. And so for that, I understand right. the appreciation of it. But What's the best one? You should. Do you think it's better in like two, three? Did you hear me? Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. yeah. Fuck, fuck yeah. <laughs> dude. Dude. Primal? Primal? Dude. No lie. No joke. Far Cry 1's my favorite Far Cry of all time. It will never be replaced. That's for mm-hmm. sure. But Far Cry Primal, yeah. I I honestly do because that could get into a long discussion. But um, there are some differences, and it's Cro-Magnum, which is just different as well. Which mm-hmm. So it's, you know, it's almost like fantasy. We talked about this. Some people like fantasy, but not sci-fi. Some people, remember, some people yeah, like yeah, cyberpunk, yeah. right? So for me, there's no cowboy, there's no cow, or sorry, not cow, there's no caveman game. So when that came out, Where is it? That's, that's totally fair. you know, Where is it? and right. And so that's what, that's the, that's the juice for me where somebody else might find the juice in cyberpunk because maybe they don't feel there's a representation for cyberpunk. So. Yeah. No, that's fair. See, I got to go back and watch your review. Cause I just want to watch you like talk for 20 minutes on, with a straight face on why you like the game. And you're like, yeah, I could talk for shit. fucking two hours right now. I just, I'm playing it. I played it last. Uh, I played it Saturday for about eight hours. Are you kidding me? Oh my god, dude! See, dude, riding a bear and fucking spearing somebody with a baseball bat, thick spear in the face, Maddie. The fact that you don't like it is far weirder than the fact that somebody likes it. <laughs> I need to up my hours on Battlefield Hardline so I can just yeah, I can compete here. Because you know what's I'm funny though? Losing the, I, the connection where I I can't like bring up. Those types of references now, because it's been oh, so long. Oh, right. Yeah. It's been so long. I mean, Battlefield Hardline, though, I think the difference there is that that one at least had, um, you know, had high high amounts of money spent. I think my issue was more that they didn't hit where the high amount, like Kelly, who's in it, but she looked like a monster. You know, mm. it was like the weirdest, mm. uh, you know, uh, mocap. So it wasn't necessarily that it was horrible in every way to me. Yeah. So those those just happen to be the two that I think those are pretty much the only two that we like have a, just a complete weird um, separation on. Yeah, now that I, I think like... about it, I just yeah I, I dig I dig hardline. Just, I think cops and robbers is such a good, a childlike concept, right? It's a game. Yeah, that you play no, it is. And, just, it is. and I just thought it was, it was so fun. <laughs> Number two is what are our top five favorite vegetables? Green. So I'm not a huge vegetable fan, but green peppers with tapatio and salt and pepper and barbe- uh, barbecued or cooked on an air fryer is fu- I love those. I've loved them since I was a kid. Onions. Uh, I like Brussels sprouts, actually. They're with, like, something with them. And then, uh, hmm, that's only three. It's tough because, like, Tomatoes, there's certain things. Uh, I... But they're a fruit. Yeah. It's tough because, here, I got to check something. Is m- oh, and I don't know about olives. So I love olives, but I don't know if they are a fruit or a vegetable. Either. Yeah, that's what that's what uh, uh what's his name again? Sorry, uh, I'll look great here. Ape, great Ape said, "Yeah, I, I, I lost the there we go. Yeah, it's Great Ape. Yeah, uh, okay. So according to Google, although mushrooms are classified as a vegetable, they are technically not plants, but part of the kingdom called fungi. Fungi, yeah. So." I'm I'm gonna make an exception here, <clears throat> and just call it that. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna bend yeah. this for myself. I'm gonna say number five, green beans, pretty good with a little margarine on them. Uh, four, broccoli. Th- mm. Three onions. 
Um, two grill. No, actually, I'm gonna say two is gonna be mushrooms, and then one is gonna be roasted asparagus. Have you ever put them in an oven before? Because oh my god, they got the right no. amount of crunch. They have way more flavorful, little seasoning on them. Yeah, that Something I have good I've, man. I've, I've not had. I don't have a lot of asparagus to be honest. I mean, we once every couple of years. I mean, it'll knock you off your feet when you take a piss afterwards, man. <laughs> okay, I'm glad you mentioned it. Just so you know, I was actually circling around that part of the discussion. That is why I don't eat it. <laughs> yeah, no, man, that man. is that's funny. You'll okay. be standing there well, like you better. can't stop. You're going. You're like, God damn, man! Like it's horrendous. Yeah, it's horrendous. I will. It, uh, well, uh, I will always remember being at a campfire with a couple of buddies, my friend had like a grilled chicken and asparagus meal. He's like, Oh, I got to peek. God forbid he went in our friend's house. He goes to pee in the backyard. This guy's like, I'd say oh. at least 20 feet away. He pees. You could smell the asparagus. From Dude, out it's there. so nasty, isn't Dude, it? It's, it's nasty. a stink bomb, man. It's insane. It doesn't even make sense. It's a little bit like garlic where you'll get garlic on your hand and you can't get it off or yeah. onion where it gets on yeah. your hand and you're like, I've washed my hand. There's no skin left and it still stinks. And you're like, it's <laughs> uh, obviously the oils, but it's so confusing sometimes. But yeah. I'm glad you mentioned it because that's that is Dude, where I, I will going. dive into those absolutely immature areas for sure. That is my role here. You will get angry. I will get immature. <laughs> there we go. We will, there we, we go. Just, yeah. Just Great combine mix. angry, immature, 13 year old. Awesome. <laughs> Coach Blue writes in next. Hey, guys, Maddie, any word on some merchandise for your channel? I'd love to rock a shirt that just says Starfield, Mr. Maddie. Uh, all kidding aside, I'd love some Maddie stuff to represent the Matt Pack. Love everything you guys are doing, and I'd appre- I always appreciate your videos. I almost said I'd appreciate your videos as if, like, <laughs> I would appreciate them. But I'd appreciate them. Um, yeah, I've, I've looked into this a little bit. Not as much as I want to because I don't want to just do – we talked about this actually. It was me, you, Cowboy, Undefining Duke. Mm-hmm. It just came up. Like, no one even asked. Um we talked a little bit about merchandise for the channel and I said, I didn't want to have someone rocking like my stay sexy, stay active logo or uh, a Mr. Maddie face, a uh, chibi face on their shirt. I was like, dude, I'm, I'm trying to make sure you wear something that doesn't get you made fun of. You know, it's already hard enough. Sometimes, you know, you don't need my shirt to be the cause of why you might get bothered by someone beat up. <laughs> yeah, that too beat up, whatever. And so, um, what I've looked into is like a legit, I feel this is going to sound extreme, but hear me out. Like a legit clothing line. And by that, I mean like, like more streetwear, um, a brand of my own, so to speak. And that's not easy. That's going to take time and it's going to take money to invest. Uh, but it's definitely something that I want to look into and then tie in through that line stuff for my channel, like a stay sexy shirt, uh, a near perfect shirt, of course. Those are two I would do in a heartbeat. But um, outside of that, I haven't thought of anything. Um, much on that it's just because you know i feel like with the patreon i'm asking already enough of all of you um and i want to go that next step further um but i want to make sure it counts when i do and it's cool as fuck because i want to wear it i don't want to wear a shirt that just to stay sexy and be like hey you like me all right wear this it's like no i want to give you guys something that's like sleek and unique that that rhymes all right okay mike fury writes in hey guys long time no questions hope everything is excellent Interesting question here. Do you guys find it better to use Keymailer or contact a Dev's PR person when wanting to cover certain games? Dude, what are you talking about? Do them all. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, how many times have we, you've been like, dude, your your code is different than mine or your PR is or whatever. It's like, I, I'm not going to apologize to a dev 
PR for sending them an email saying yeah, for being interested, you know, <laughs> for being interested. They can I mean, they can certainly ship me off to somebody. But yeah, man, I would say use every single thing you if you if you know a dev speak to the dev. If you know a PR person for the dev, tweet to that. If you know the company, tweet to that. At the very least, you know, somebody's like, well, we know he likes it. I mean, you're not going to be the only one doing it. Yeah. Don't don't play the game. Yeah. Number two for Mike Fury. If the choice was you all got to pick a new developer for Vampire the Masquerade, or who would your choice be for a new developer of Vampire Bloodlines 2? Got a really crazy idea and thought of in exile to get a crack at it. Many blessings. Thank you, Mike. All right, man. So, yeah, we, we know Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2 has gone through a pretty rough go. Uh, what do you think of uh, a new developer? Like, obviously, Paradox is going to pick someone. Who would be your, I don't want to say dream pick. That sounds a little extreme, but who would you want to to have work on, on this series? In exile. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And the reason why is up on it, people, man. Yeah. And it, it, they've got the, t- I think more along the lines of like logistics as well as like, you know, good. So like, do they have the time? Do we know what they're working on? Do we know what they're, st- you know, I look at weird other things that may- isn't just a magic dream of like, Hey, I want these guys to make it. I actually, I liked wasteland three. I think their choices were awesome. Mm-hmm. Right. Like the best choices ever in a game. I mean, dude, shit's like revolting how many choice how much choice there is so yeah i think really just they nail it they're the one team i will say i get a little nervous with city not because i don't trust them and their talent but i get nervous with them because they are turning into new cd project red for a lot of people it's just very quiet now where anytime they are spoken of it's it's hand them every ip known to man Anything that has ever remotely failed or struggled, you people want it handed off to Obsidian. And that's the same thing that happened with CD Projekt Red before The Witcher, or I'm sorry, uh, before uh, Cyberpunk came out. I see a lot of that, and I think that's good because a lot of people should like their stuff. I think they're they're very good at making RPGs, but a lot of folks aren't giving enough looks at In Exile, who I think truly stands a chance at making like a high level uh, AAA RPG with uh, real choice and consequence. Brian Fargo and his team has a really unique touch and understanding on what makes a game click um, when it comes yeah. to having power over it. Um, they were the, the the team that gave birth to Fallout. So you like Fallout now, can go thank them. Wasteland is really what actually gave birth to Fallout. So, yeah, I, I love that he keeps rocking on. I cannot wait to see what he does next. I would like to see in Exile as well. Hard to really think of any other dev for an RPG. I would see, I'd say Larian. Those are my defaults. Larian and Exile. Those are the two that immediately come to mind with most RPGs. Um, if you want something more high double A, triple A level Obsidian for sure. But those would be my choices. Might be toxic writes in. You better not be toxic. Hey guys, I'm glad I got to write in finally. Only joined the Discord to be a part of the community and was really surprised to see how welcoming and in-depth everything is. Serious kudos to all of you. Thank you. We, we, we try to keep it clean and fun and inviting, so that makes me happy. My question is simple and for everyone. What PS2 era game is your all-time favorite? It could be Xbox, GameCube, Game Boy, PSP, or PC as well. I think that time of video games had a real special impact on a lot of people, myself included. I'm curious on its influences over you guys since you're all from three pretty different generations and corners of video games. So anything from that era, but if you had a PS2 game, what would you pick? A favorite all-time in that era. There's a lot to sift through. I can go first. Well, yeah, if you've got one, go ahead. All right. Yeah. Uh, so 
there, I, I couldn't say this was my all-time favorite, but I would say a series that was super definitive to me. It's gonna. I think a lot of people who know my taste are gonna go what, but a really definitive series of games was Mega Man X. The the X Command Mission game, which was a turn based RPG on the PS2 and GameCube, phenomenal. I fucking love that game. Uh, I think that showed me that spin off RPGs can be amazing. It made me love the series more. Mega Man Battle Network came out for the Game Boy Advance around that era as well. That's also a uh, I wouldn't say turn based RPG, but it is an RPG with this tile based combat system where each side has three tiles and it's horizontal, and you're kind of navigating them in real time. And using chips that you're inserting to hit enemies, and each chip does something different. So there's oh, a real. Oh, I know yeah, this game. Sorry, wide, I know this game. Range of abilities, yeah, man. I game. love that game series so good much. Game. There's like six entries. Uh, so yeah, for that, and and then Mega Man X8 was one of my first real Mega Man experiences. I adore Mega Man with all my heart. I, I have so much Mega Man merch and and games. I I really I love the Blue Bomber, man. So for me, I would say that was probably during the PS2 era. Like my, my, that set of games were my big go-tos. I was playing tons of other stuff like Baldur's Gate, Champions of Norath. But when I think that era, those are the games I think of right away, especially because I had friends who dug those games and we'd, you know, I've, we played co-op games, but my favorite memories were sometimes playing a single player game and us taking turns on a level, passing the controller back and forth. To me, that was some of the most fun. So those that would be my answer, or those would be my answer. That was ninety five percent of the way we played was switching yeah. controller. Yeah, I mean that was. I don't have, I don't really have an answer. I don't do this like I'm just. I don't do this kind of stuff because there's a bunch of different games that I randomly would play, and I don't want to choose Kotor or something because that was Xbox original and Xbox three sixty was like around those time frames. I just don't know. I don't. I don't really think of a best. I just there's so there's a lot of games that I played and really liked, but there's nothing that there's just nothing in that era. I mean, Saints Row that was 360, which and then the PS2 didn't it alternate between the Xbox Original and Xbox 360? Yeah, like Sonic Unleashed like, actually was a like this kind game. of thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's like I don't even know which one came when. I mean, there's mm-hmm. so the uh, uh, there's it it is probably my favorite time for gaming. It's and that's probably why i'm having a little difficulty i just there's a lot of games in that time frame i loved i loved gun which was a western i never played that yeah yeah that was with thomas jane who played punisher that was like a pre-red Dead. i mean and red dead jesus that's xbox i mean <laughs> xbox 360 had red dead and when that i would say oh no yeah see i like a ton of games because bully just came to mind and of course bully would be like super high up in this list and oh, bully dude, was yeah. on the you know what I won't say it's the best, but I will say bully. And the reason why is because I did not have a PS2 for many years. I just, there was nothing on it that like made me, like I had my system and I was happy with it. I wasn't like a big into console, I guess. But then bully, my friend came over on Halloween and we played bully. You know how you can go to Halloween and bully Mm -hmm. Um, and you can put on your, yeah. And I remember it switched to Halloween night. We were hanging out. We weren't doing a lot. And we were playing this and it switched to Halloween night and, you know, the clothing changed and all this shit. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? And it was just mm-hmm. such a cool, the music was like, ding, 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 ding. It was that weird beatnik kind of shit. So I would say that one, that made an impression that will probably never go away. I would yeah. say that much. 
Yeah, because there's like certain games, of course, KOTOR, would, I could go, oh, that definitely yeah, resonated with right. me the most yeah. over years, for sure. But there's like when I think of that era and my favorites, oh my god, it was, yeah, Mega Man. But there were so Mega many Man. good things. Like, I have a whole stack, or really a whole shelf. It's like a metal shelf designed to like hold game cases, and it's all full of PS2 games. I'm looking at it now, and like, yeah, Spider-Man 2 is another one that I, I went to a lot, but I don't think that's aged as well. So just a lot. I just there. don't think there's a lot of genres. I mean, because you're talking to Sega Saturn owner. And even then, I just don't think there was a lot of times where there was only one favorite of anything. There was a lot of good games. And I just that's how that's how I considered that generation. Yeah, agreed. I, I go back and forth between that gen and Xbox 360 being my favorite. Uh, 360 yeah, yeah. is where you saw the budget and then the really weird ideas. This was yes. just you'd get some crazy shit so and xbox and i don't know about ps2 one but xbox had the hard drive which nobody had had before so there was some weird shit that they tried and it was just a time of like some weird crap that happened in games fun like very cool stuff but like i just think it's so wild that on the same gen we we were introduced to uncharted that we also got fusion frenzy 2 quietly it's just that type of stuff, I don't feel like, because games are so expensive to make now, you just don't see it nowadays. It's a very yeah. special era. Highly recommend people looking to back and pat. It's, it's not just like an Xbox selling point, as much as it's kind of been touted as that. It's it's legitimately something that's, I think, very valuable. It's really nice to be able to go yeah. back to these games and see things. Like a Dragon Age 2, it was disappointing, even though it was made in like 18 months. And so it's kind of impressive for what it is. But you just don't see those types of games nowadays. Those kind of interesting, experimental, I wouldn't say failures, but they're not quite there but you see the 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 nucleus of a really good idea um and how they build on it with a sequel it's just not like that anymore it's either you're good or you're really bad and 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 the in-betweens it's pretty easy to pick apart so thank you for that great question Brandroid writes in next. Howdy. I'm new here too and want to say hello. I've been a subscriber since Fallout 4's launch and I'm excited to join the community. Thank you all so much. Seriously, when when you well, join that's up. a long it, time. Yeah, I mean, especially after all that time, that is what puts a smile on my face because it shows that through my, my dumbest phases, when I was super immature, I was saying stupid shit, being a moron, to now where I'm saying less stupid shit, I'd say. Um, mm, that you've, you've it's debatable. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> no, I know. I tried to set you up for that. Uh, but, you know, I'm just saying that uh, it, it means a lot. So thank you to those of you who have stuck around this long. Anyways, what's y'all's favorite Pokemon game? I'm so excited for the Gen 4 remake since I played Platinum so much as a kid. Stay safe and stay sexy. All right. Carrick, I'm, I'm, I'm curious about your answer. Cause I, I don't just don't really. I'm not guy. a I'm not. Yeah. So yeah. I would say Emerald probably because that's the one that oh, I would say yeah. I played the longest. Oh, and I remember yeah. this is going to sound stupid, but the green. I liked the green cartridge. Yes. Yeah. It sounds dumb, awesome. but like I remember. Yeah. I remember seeing it and being like, oh, scoop. That looks cool. And yeah. I didn't know that like if there was any different because this is how long ago it was. I didn't even know if there was a difference between the color, you know, like what you got on the cartridges. I just saw that green cartridge and was like, that's pretty fucking sweet and bought mm-hmm. it. And uh, and I had a really good. I had a really good time with that one. I think that's my in and out really for Pokemon other than snap, which I did play some of or and Coliseum. So, I don't know. I'm with you on Emerald. Uh, the only reason I don't just leap right into that is because when I went and played Omega Ruby, which for those who don't know, is like the remake of, of that era of Pokemon. Mm. I didn't like it as much and I don't really know why. Uh, I couldn't put my finger on it. Every time I went back and tried to play it, it just didn't click. I really do think a lot of it was the art style. 
Um, I didn't like the, the the remade models where I like what they're doing with Gen 4, the kind of chibi stuff. I, I think that it's a simplistic thing and it looks good in my opinion. Um, so I would say typically Emerald, but if there's one game I can convincingly say is probably one of my all-time favorite Pokemon games, it is Pokemon Stadium. Oh my God, man. They're just the announcer and his commentary, the amount of dialogue lines that he has per Pokemon for its time period is is mind blowing. He'll comment on on Charmander being soaked with with surf and and how this is super effective. And you're like, damn man, like there are so many layers to the commentary. And obviously, it's all like plugged in. Like Charmander is now soaked with, and you can hear how it's all split. Yeah, up. but who cares, right? right? I mean, it worked. It worked, for, especially yeah, for its time I, yeah. period. It was it is yeah, super impressive. Exactly. As a kid, I just recall that feeling of you know you're playing them and you see them in these pixelated art form. And to see them in 3D, fully modeled, behaving how you see in the show, uh, there was something special about that. And I've gone back to that. There's a video of me and my girlfriend playing it on my channel. Like, we we dig the hell out of Pokemon Stadium. The mini games, are you kidding me? And then you can even connect Pokemon Yellow to your N64, and then you could catch Pokemon through your TV. And there was, like, a different, an interesting way, like, those would connect. And I just thought that type of shit was awesome. The way that they all fed off each other. Um, I haven't played much of Pokemon Stadium 2, sadly, but Gen 2 has been one I've ignored for a while. I'm waiting to see what they do with that, but um, I'm, I'm losing my patience. I got to get Soul Silver or something on my DS. So much money, though. I don't know if you looked at the prices of, of DS games for Pokemon, but like... Why, are they I, just artificially ex- uh, high? I don't know if it's... Yeah, I guess artificially would be the right... Yeah, because, dude dude i'll just say this much i paid uh for pokemon mystery dungeon explorers of sky it's kind of considered the best one i paid 80 dollars for that and that was considered a good deal it normally goes for like 120 last i looked and it's probably gone up since the pokemon craze um and i i love mystery dungeon that series is one of my favorites too i think pokemon's mainline series is good but its spinoffs are what really grab me because I think like conquest and shit is interesting. Um, I forgot where I was originally going with my point, but oh yeah, the prices of Pokemon games, dude. Like I looked up a, I was on this site called Mercari, and I was looking at game lots just to see if there's anything that could like boost my collection. And I I, I saw <laughs> I saw a Pokemon lot, and it was a thousand dollars, and it had like a decent amount of games, but it had about six complete in box Pokemon games. Technically, that was a good deal. Like I saw it went. Man, that's not bad if you got the money for it, but they've they've gone up so much in price. A lot of that's thanks to the the craze with Pokemon cards. And it's I mean, and, and it's this stupid you know, collection phase. Like I saw somebody selling Panzer Dragon Saga, which is a Sega Saturn Panzer Dragon, the, the RPG, the classic. And uh dude, at one time it was like, you know, eight hundred bucks or something. You're just mm. like, What? Why? Like why? I mean, I get that it's I get it, but I at the same time don't. So um it, it sort of bothers me yeah it feels like it's artificially raised a good amount yeah if they were on virtual console it would definitely they would definitely mm-hmm. like the like pokemon emerald is like 250 if you want to complete in box with the manual and the box in good condition which i think makes sense because those cardboard game boy advance boxes can get destroyed easily so someone who does preserve it true and keeps it valuable i think it should be a price but certain things like the ds ones 
I think would just deplete in value the second that they were put on a virtual console. And Nintendo knows that. And the reason they want it that way is because when they choose to re-release something, dude, they have a never-ending strategy. They will never go out of business because the second they start to see, they start to feel the heat, re-release something. Just re-release it, man. Unlock something. Like they have so many keys to doors that are locked and they could just unlock them all, but they're just, it's their fail safe. And that's why they're not doing it. It's fascinating to watch. All right, Jay Lopez is next. Hey, guys, hope you're doing well. Just wanted to say it's nice to get some appreciation for the Daredevil series that Maddie mentioned last week. I guess my question for you guys would be, what superhero or villain would you like to see in a video game at the same kind of level Insomniac took on Spider-Man? Hmm. Well, I mean, the the problem is, is we, and we've talked about this, is what level would you get? Is like street level and, and Superman level. You know, what do you have? So, like, I like Green Arrow just because of the show, and I like I like the actor who played Oliver, and I like that character, but he's pretty much Batman Part 2, you know? And I think that's one of the problems is, like, who do you do street-level? Flash has done quite well in a TV show, especially for a street-level hero. He's not too... I mean, he's overpowered, but they've still got a TV show, you know, and it actually works. I just would personally... Hmm. I wanted Blue Beetle, but it's now a mo- it's becoming a movie. Oh, so that would actually be pretty cool. That's a cool character. Um, but I would say overall for, I'm pretty happy with what we have. I know that sounds really weird, but what I mean is I would rather have more Batman or Spider-Man than, I don't know of anybody I would rather have. Deadpool would be fun, but he's pretty unkillable and it can get a little one note with the constant, you know, ways in which he interacts with the world. I have a pretty good answer that came to mind. I was originally going to say Wolverine. Because I think that X-Men Origins Wolverine on the 360 is NPS3. Fucking awesome game. Have you ever played that? Uh-huh. I thought that game was sick. And so then I thought, no. Nightcrawler stealth game would be awesome. I would really like that. I think... Well, can think... Nightcrawler just teleport everywhere? Yeah, like, but I don't know. Can he teleport everywhere around the globe? Is that his thing? Or... Well, I just mean, how would he stealth if he can teleport around? Why would he worry about stealth around people? I guess you could say the same thing about like Corvo and Dishonored. Like you can blink everywhere, but you know, yeah. Just a thought. I would like to see more because, like, I, I look at whenever I play Marvel Ultimate Alliance, and Nightcrawler's always in my party. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, gotcha. I, I love him. So, like, I love his accent. Became, yeah. yeah, he's he's so dope. Well, in a night, really a in that him. game, they also controlled him. Uh, so if they control him the same way they did in the game, then you could definitely make. I mean, you could definitely do that because mm-hmm. he is in the, he is in the game and he's not overpowered. So yeah. they just don't even explain it now that I think about it. Yeah, they? he just he just blinks. He, he just, just like blinks. when you double jump, he just flashes somewhere. But I don't know how far that can go. I don't know enough about right, Nightcrawler right. to really. That's true. That's true. Maybe it can't go very far. Yeah. Now it all's up next. What canceled game would you like to play most? Mine would be the Darth Maul game that was being developed by Redfly Studio jade empire 2 but I, I don't really know how far along that was but i'll still go to three <laughs> but i mean do you think it's it was canceled somewhere was it that... was it was yeah oh oh gotcha. yeah they were they were doing a kotor 3 they had all the planets done and made they were putting in content most of the content was done and they canceled it it was a 360 game there you go unfucking believable Maybe I would, but here's the thing. Maybe I wouldn't be such a deprived KOTOR fanboy if that never happened. So I'm a little, a little thankful for it. If I was satiated, would I have the content? I, I uploaded a KOTOR video today. Would that be happening? Mm. So, right. I'm going to count my blessings on this one. Thank God KOTOR 3 never happened. 
totally am happy about that. Brody Noice is our next write-in. What's your favorite Fallout faction is his question. Hmm. Here we go with me explaining how little I know about the actual, like, constant fiction. I don't know any of the faction names. Yeah, no, I didn't. I, yeah, I, I don't know if that was even a... No, no, no offense, I don't even know if that's a question for you because I, I, I would say I'm more deep okay. with, with Fallout yeah. where... Yeah. For if sure. someone was like, tell us about the hunting mechanics in, in Hunter Crawl the Wild, and you went, yeah. Daddy. Yeah. Like, I'd be All like, right. <laughs> you can take this one then, because, yeah, I don't I, I don't want to try to answer that one. No. Nah, um, I got to say, it's a really tough call, because what's good about Fallout Factions is is they all have something that represents a corner of the of the world without feeling very intentional by design and what i mean by that is and once again i got to call on dragon age 2 for this is things are very on the nose so it's a mage versus templar storyline and so in your party line you have a mage who is who is representing one who loses control you have a mage who has a spirit inside them you have a mage who is messing with blood magic then you have a mage hater who is a suppressed elf and it's like all these different viewpoints are very clearly depicted through your party to help shape the world where I feel like fallout factions are a part of that world. They feel very natural despite how wild they are. Um, Mm -hmm. And a recent one I would say I'm really big on is probably the Institute. I kind of like their ability to infiltrate the wasteland in a natural way. They have, they have this mixed intentions of like, you could debate. I think what's the most interesting is you could debate if they're good or bad. You can make a good argument for why they're evil. You can make a good argument for why they're good. And I think that's the most compelling type of villain uh, group that you could create, uh, especially when they're presented for most of the game as an antagonist. They've really won my affection, especially over the years. Um, and it does help that in Fallout 4, where all the storylines are, are kind of ending the same, that the Institute at least does a little bit of something different. So you feel like there's more built there. Um, with that said, um, Brotherhood of Steel is a really commonly slammed group because Bethesda's kind of watering them down by jamming them into everything. But I really do feel their initial purpose of saying, Hey, technology is bad and, and, and how they're pitted against say the Institute in fallout four, but in general, they're very no bullshit approach. We are not going to let another apocalypse happen again. It is on our shoulders. We are not going to let it happen again. And so, once again, good intentions, but they go all out for it and start to paint themselves in this very neutral light as a faction, where, once again, you can make an argument of why they're good or bad. Um, And that's my favorite thing about Fallout. Um, And so, I don't know if I could really make an exact pick, because um, while a lot of people are, are very much... It's one of my problems with New Vegas... New Vegas, a lot of people will go, I love the faction so much, but I feel like they're very one trick. You can tell who's who and why they're doing what they're doing. Legion, they're evil. Like, it's just that, like, you can say, oh, but Kaisar, no, they're fucking evil. Like, they're they're terrible people. They're destroying places. You literally go to Nipton in the first, like, couple hours of the game and see what they have done. They're awful people. And then on top of all of that, you've got the NCR, who is very clearly, like, the, we will bring order selection yes man if you want to go ahead and do things on your own mr house who's like i have the money and the power to do this and uh we're going to create an empire uh and they're all interesting factions but i feel like that's been one of my biggest problems with the series is is 
the idea that these factions are very much, uh, not serious, but sorry, New Vegas, is that these factions can very much be easily identifiable. So I, I like the the ambiguity, so to speak, of Fallout 4s and um, to some lesser extent Fallout 3. Um, I feel like Fallout 3, they painted the Brotherhood of Steel as too much of a good guy. It's very clear that they were good guys. Um, and the Enclave was clearly the bad guy. Um, ultimately, though, I think the Enclave is the most interesting aspect. You know, this extension of the American government that has kind of gone corrupt. And um, you're seeing how they're trying to piece America back together behind the scenes. I think even Fallout 76 did some really neat stuff with the Enclave. So um, that's the one I lean into a lot. Enclave or Institute. I go back and forth on those. It's really tough for me to answer. But hopefully, Brody, I gave you a sufficient reply. All right. Let's keep going. Natural Calamity, we already answered two. So we are going to skip you because we have three in total left uh, from people who have not been answered this show. McMeister is up next. Hey, y'all. I hope the message finds y'all well. I'm a longtime listener, first-time asker, and apologize for the length of the question in advance, which, by the way, this is a paragraph, not... No, if you're if this is a typical length of your question, we like that. Information is good. Sometimes simple is tough for us to really um for us to really go into detail on. Given the trepidations of gamers surrounding the prices of games going up to $70, the hollow promises of roadmaps with their associated season passes like uh, that of Anthem and the release of games at a premium price while being of inadequate quality, I would like y'all's thoughts on this. Do regulatory regulatory bodies... Sorry, I'm absolutely screwing up your message. Let's try that one more time. Do regulatory bodies, such as the ESRB, need to take pro-consumer steps to ensure we, are, we as consumers are receiving quality games from AAA developers? Examples including setting a premium price ceiling, certification by the ESRB to be able to change premium price, and a setting a limit on the amount of money a game can make from each consumer in microtransactions per game. My worry with this is that the restrictions it may have on creativity... But I still feel like something must be done. Thank you for y'all's time. Thank you for writing in. We appreciate having you here. No. I, yeah, I was going to say no. No way. Because I, 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 there is a point where, where a company or a, a body cannot be responsible for the decisions that people are making. Leave the cap off. If someone wants to spend thousands of dollars on microtransactions, that's stupid. Let them, though. You know, let them make that stupid choice and learn. I, you know, I feel like when you start to put ceilings and caps on money being made, you know, you can have a game. I, I, I know this may be a really strange pick, but I think of Mass Effect 3's multiplayer, which did have loot boxes. But man, if some of the money they made off those loot boxes kept them afloat, where now they're able to do something right with Dragon Age 4 finally, and to some people, maybe even get Inquisition as right as they did, um, which I think they did nail a couple of things there. Um, there is a payoff there. I'm not pro microtransaction, by the way, but I do understand that this is a business and a lot of people want everything for free. And I just don't know how realistic that is with the price of game development going up. So I don't think a premium price ceiling or how much you can get from one person is uh, really a solution. I think you want the ESRB and you want government bodies completely out of gaming. You don't want these things to start getting regulated and mandated. You don't want to see how that will shape the creations. Um, we want that to be as free and as open as humanly possible. Even if it means you're going to see mistakes and overreaches like this, let it be the wild wasteland that gaming is. It's the most beautiful that way in my eyes. What about you, Carrick? I don't have anything to add. That's pretty much 
my thoughts. I it doesn't even doesn't even make sense. I, I everybody likes to use the word predatory, but if you look up predatory, there's very few things that are predatory. There's only very specific things. And what, somebody making money is somebody making money. Like there's it's we at some point we do have to take um some kind of what do you call it for ourselves. There's already ratings like movies, you know, mm-hmm. and we don't say this movie can only make a certain amount of money. That would be really fucking weird. Yeah. It would be really weird to walk in and be like, "Hey, yo, so I've decided that uh, Avengers can only make this amount of money. And then suddenly you can just go for free. It's like, what? It doesn't. So, yeah, it's 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 a different kind of uh, entertainment. And I don't have any issue currently that yeah. would require a regulatory body. That's for sure. I agree. Mac the Knife is our last write-in with two questions, both having to do with Outriders. Number one, what do you all think of the Outriders demo? I feel like playing solo is ho-hum. But playing with a group is a blast. The loot was generous and actually had impacts on the playstyle, which usually doesn't happen until the end game. So we'll start off with that. Did you like? Uh, did you like what you played about Riders? We talked about it a little bit last week. Gameplay wise, you weren't a huge fan, though, right? No, there was nothing. I mean, any game can be fun with another person. That just indicates the other person is fun, not the game. I can play a better game that is with another person. Why play a game that's just mediocre with another person? Well said. So I, I've never understood the defense of a game by saying, you know, this other person has made it fun. Um, that being said, hmm. people like it. There's nothing angrily bad about Outriders. You know, there's nothing like that makes me go, oh my God, it's just hasn't been, it just really hasn't shook me. So, Yeah. I'm I'm interested in this game. I have to yet to dive into the demo, but I I personally feel like um what I played of the preview back in August last year, I really dug it. I thought it was fun. And granted I did play in a group and uh, I'm not putting you on the spot, but for me I do think sometimes a game can just be designed to be more fun with a friend. I look at Divinity, which is a legit good game. And I think it's way more fun with a friend because making choices together and that kind of like, what do we do? That collaboration is awesome. But I know you're talking more of a, a the quality is somehow magically enhanced. Um, yeah. And I don't know if there's, I didn't realize it when I played it in my, my uh, preview that I can recall at least, but I don't know if there was any type of synergy where if I hit someone with something and then you hit someone with a different ability, there was this collaborative kind of uh, working together. If you're all in a shooting gallery together. It's a huge difference. No more there. than a normal game where you can both hit the same person would, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. So, yeah. like in a Call of Duty, I can stun somebody with a grenade, maybe, and you can a uh, flash grenade or whatever, and you can shoot them. That does exist there, where you can, and you can, there are environmental uh, special attacks, but it's nothing that's like this big. You know, you're not leaping over each other like Avengers. In fact, Avengers did have that. Mm-hmm. Remember, Avengers had all those special moves. It doesn't have that kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, so um, those are our general thoughts. But number two for Mac the Knife, and we'll continue that discussion, is if Outriders is successful, do you think we'll see more companies take a similar approach by letting the player base feel like a badass up front versus saving that till the end game? I'm hearing that a lot about this game, that, you know, off the bat, you're you're very powerful, not OP, but you, you, you feel strong, and it doesn't feel like the game's really holding you back. Would you agree with that as someone who's played the most no. recent build? Interesting. No. No, I mean, if he's doing World Tier 0, yeah. But if you're doing World Tier 3, one of the bosses I fought died 11 times. 
he died, turns into a ball, and then re reanimated himself. That was the only way it was more difficult. And they were just bullet sponges. So, like, I don't know exactly what more... I mean, I, on the other hand, Maddie, I haven't played one of these games in a long time that was shitty. So maybe, like, there's other games out there that make you don't feel powerful. But I got to tell you, like, Division didn't make me feel more or less powerful. I was able to kill people right away in that mm-hmm. game. And I'm able to kill people right away in this game. I think what he might be talking about is it does give you the special attacks pretty quickly. It gives you two right. or three in a, in a small amount of time. The problem is, if you look at the special attacks, there's only like five or six in the entire character. So that means if you are getting two or three already, you're only going to get your fourth, fifth, and sixth one. You know, at, at some point, you're going to have a lot of those pretty quickly. So I, it, yeah. that might affect longevity. I don't know. I don't know. I liked, I liked the special moves, though. I like my Pyromancer. Yeah. I'm curious to check it out more. I'll probably play the demo at some point within What'd the... What'd you play? I, you played I, it. Do you remember what character? Uh, you were able to throw down a turret. Does that help at all? Yeah, that's the Technomancer. You can yeah, which take apparently the world is the worst. and make... Oh, yeah, that is... I don't remember which it, it may be. I do know, though, that there is a worst. because, And it wasn't my character, but people were telling... They were like, dude, they fucked up the balancing on one of these guys. Bad. Like, every Delrith, who used to stream with Angry Joe, I talked to him on the side, and he, I, I, he was doing a stream, and he was like, right. oh, my God. So... Yeah, yeah that's um, that's generally what I've heard is that apparently Technomancer is like not the play at all. And, and, and okay. I was thinking to myself, wow, that's encouraging because I kind of walked away happy with the game and I played as what is considered the worst class. And, I um, think, though, that they did a bunch of balancing here prior to us all getting hands on. So mm-hmm. maybe, hopefully they didn't maybe, fuck up maybe, what you played. Yeah, so maybe, I was going to say maybe they just did fuck up the, the balancing for something that I thought was solid. Damn, because because it was all like regen. Like you throw down a turret and your health would come back. I was like, that's cool. I like that. Mm. So, all right, that's all we've got for uh, episode two ninety three of the Ham Radio Podcast. Thank you for so many write ins. Like we promised, we wanted to yeah, make damn. sure we we really caught up with last week and this week. So those are all the questions we had there, um, and we wanted to make sure we we had all of you covered. So thank you for writing in. Thank you for supporting us. Thank you for supporting our show. Um, believing in what we're doing here. And uh, yeah, any any final words, Carrick? We should slander Dustin with a hashtag this week for sure. Yeah, can you believe Dustin? Or something yeah. Like that? Um, yeah. No, no, nothing I can think of. Just uh, enjoy your weekend. I'm trying to think if there's even anything. No, there's nothing. It's it's actually a weird week, man. It's mm-hmm. a weird week. Dude, we there's had three items on our news. It is no, it's it's yeah. it's never happened before, or, or if it has happened, it's rare that that's happened. Yeah, it's it's pretty slow right now, which, you know, after last week, that's fine. But, man, slow. So, yeah, you won't hear me complaining about that. No, right now, no, no complaints. Uh, maybe next week I'll complain if I have nothing to make a video on, but <laughs> we'll see. Uh, anyway, that'll do it for myself and Carrick. We hope you all enjoyed. If you got this far, leave the hashtag, wow, Dustin did that. Let him know that you're really just disappointed. Can't believe Dustin did that. <laughs> yeah. It's- I can't believe he left. That's yeah. what it is. He's on a date right now. Dustin Dustin's eating a a burger probably. He's going to see a movie. What a guy. Yeah. Treating his wife right. That's the way to do it. Yeah, right. All right. Well, thank you all so much for your time and we hope to see you all next week with episode 294 as we approach that elusive episode 300. 
Take care of yourselves and peace out. Peace out.